0: Well you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring no game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap Of Writing It's exciting When you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the, the rent room. room Hey listeners Before we dive into this week's podcast, I wanted to let you know this is an independent podcast, and we're doing this podcast all on our own so we can deliver the content and get the guests that we know will help you with your creative journey. And that means we don't have the financial backing or the marketing and promotional tools that Wondery or iHeartRadio or Gimlet might assist us with. Now, we want to continue giving you game from the Hollywood trenches, so we ask that you help us out. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that review button. Definitely hit that review button and download these episodes. Post links on your social media. Tell everyone you know and support our Patreon for only one dollar a month. Find the link at ScreenwritersRR.com or Patreon.com forward slash Screenwriters And if you already are a subscriber, we love you. No, we really do. And we appreciate you listening. So let's get on with the show.
1: What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters' Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, Tristan? 2023! 2023. Yeah! On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Chris Derrick is out today, but we got a dope show for y'all, so if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get into the show. So today, we got if <laughs> you <got> grown, the... <laughs> kills me if we going to get into it
2: but if you ain't grown, don't bother well, yeah, yeah, yeah you, cover
1: your ears if yes, you're not yeah see that came about like I don't know almost 9-10 years ago um, we, we used to always be talking and we're like well this is for the grown folks so if you grown, <laughs> you know what I mean blah, 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 blah. exactly so that's kind of where it came from it's
2: um 10pm Eastern kind
1: <laughs> <of show. laughs> so like I said Chris Derrick is out today but like I said we got a super dope show for y'all we're gonna do an episode with some black queer writers. You guys okay with being called that? Hell yeah. Absolutely. Okay, cool. We're gonna with make sure. Pride. You know, like I said, my old ass would have said black and gay, but y'all queer today, y'all kids today, y'all be y'all like all over the dang rainbow. You know, queer. This. Will make no missed opportunity
2: <laughs> to remind us how
3: old he
1: is. But y'all, young little 17 year old lively, Keep it lively.
3: <laughs>
1: still got their thumbs in their mouth, still talking about WAN. Look <laughs> at
2: Wow, we going for throats I'll today. Okay. Oh no, I'll come right I'll back. Actually, I know you. <laughs> He's he like, I'll
3: cut a bit. Like,
1: I'll, I'll cut you. you. <laughs> 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 I told y'all, I knew he was going to have a ball. This is going to be funny. It's going to be funny. Something <laughs> um, welcome to the show. Uh, Tristan J Schumer, Did I say it right? oh yeah! Okay, Tristan J. J. Schumer, 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 Schumer. My apologies. No. Tristan J Schuler, welcome to the show, y'all. Bur, 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 bur. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to exactly, be here. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Writer yourself, uh, working over there with. Um uh, roadmap writers mm-hmm. um thank you for having us on the the podcast the other day
2: Yeah y'all slayed uh, <laughs> that panel we had a whole Black week out out and of, Proud yeah, we had a whole week so of pride panels on Roadmap yeah. and uh, we had Out Black and Proud and yes. I think we that was like a prequel to what y'all going to be hearing today so Yeah yeah very, I, very, might, very I might I
1: might call this episode yeah. Out Black and Proud again oh, too you okay you can you okay yeah definitely <laughs> Absolutely it
4: was just just a taste just a taste of what's <laughs> to come
1: Yes, indeed. And then you hear Charlie Pepper over there, Peppers. TV writer himself. Yeah. I see you out there doing big things. Aww. Story editor, about to move into ESE. I got your videotape. Yeah, you do. Exactly. You do. Thank you for having me. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So welcome to the show, you guys. Um, it's, a gift. it's an honor. Um, let's let's introduce you guys to our um, our black folks <laughs> to our <laughs>
2: again our general <laughs> fans American of the point. show.
1: Let's tell everybody a little bit about like where you from, Tristan, and oh, yeah. like how you got into the game, how you made it to Roadmap. You know, he's like me, a little triple threat out there, dancing and singing and stuff. Like he did Broadway shows or something. You know what I'm saying? He ain't doing nothing out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're trying to be multi-hyphenate. Yes.
2: We definitely have lived that life since mm-hmm. birth, since you know, popping out closer. of the womb.
1: Um, and
2: I, I'm hail from Brooklyn, which I think Charlie's from hey. Brooklyn too. What's up? I'm I black. moved
1: to LA from Brooklyn. Too. That I mean, take California from Brooklyn. Come
2: through. Yes. Wait, why did we not know that? All three of us, that's The nice. best. Burrow. Yeah. The best. Oh, you you Burrow. don't yes. claim Brooklyn, huh? No. No. Yeah. I, I I'm not that. born
1: I there. Heard, I just lived that. there from two to seven or something. So. Oh, yeah. okay.
2: Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I hail from Brooklyn, from New York City, um, and I've been out in L.A. for about a year and a half, um, coming from doing a bunch of different Broadway musical tours and mm-hmm. jump, jumping around in the musical theater industry. How
1: now, how, so. did, how did you get into musical theater?
2: Oh gosh. He um, thought he was gonna
1: skip a brother. Yeah, I thought we're gonna skip
2: time. You know, time's <clears> an <throat> illusion. Um musical theater came about just I started as a child uh, singing sacred music and working oh, in good. a lot of churches mm-hmm. and traveling the East Coast with this prestigious boys choir. That right. you know, all trauma aside, was extremely educational <laughs> and extremely fascinating. The only
1: brother in there, like, <laughs> like, like of it. <laughs> looks like me. None.
2: What? <laughs> Interesting. I am singing all this Catholic music. Oh, and no. The best time <laughs> was when I passed out because I used to have fainting spells as a kid. I passed out right before this woman's wedding and I, t- I stole the show. Hilarious. Everyone was worried about me. This Black boy who just like, passed out in front of this woman. It was hilarious. Anyway, um, but you know, I sang a lot as a kid and, um, you know, studying music theory and musicianship. You're a tanner you. Tenor at the time, tenor okay. time. Now I'm a little baritone, baritone.
1: Okay. Um, you know, Base. the, the balls how have low dropped. can you go?
2: Uh, <laughs> how low can you go? Um, and and that just kind of trickled into doing improv theater, comedy improv. Then trickled into doing musical theater in high school. Right. And I wanted to become a director for stage. And as I'm collecting all these skills from all these roles I wanted to play in the mm-hmm. theater, I realized my ultimate goal is showrunning and mm. my ultimate goal is work is is. is being a leadership voice around a bunch of creatives and providing a safe space for hashtag
1: being in charge. That's all you no. talking about being a I mean, leadership. I don't think leadership
2: is about being in charge. Actually, <laughs> I don't think it's about <laughs> being in charge. But um, I think leadership is about creating a safe space for <laughs> creatives and artists to, to allow reach their full them. potential. Yes. Exactly, um, and I think that's a skill that has yeah. to be like fostered and like practiced. So as I'm like realizing all this and, and trying to be everything, playwright, and I've always been a playwright for fun. Okay. And it wasn't until I got to breathe. I was talking to you a little bit offline about this. It um, wasn't until All I got to breathe. in the DMs and
1: stuff. In those DMs <laughs>
2: Um I got to breathe in the, in the quarantine when theater stopped. Right. And I said, okay, actually, let me take a step back from... Club, club, another club. Audition, Not Lady Gaga. Stop. I heard that shit before. Flight club. Back, you know, like oh like my god, bulking, fasting. Pitch was out last night. Oh, like, just came oh, here. straight. Did I see you last night? Were you out? I don't remember. Okay. Um, <laughs> and taking that breath, that, "Oh, I have stories to tell. I have so many stories to tell. Right. Um, endless stories to tell." Um, and not only that, but I have a voice that I think is quite unique um, and an opinion and a perspective that's really quite new, unique. And what that's what is up. it? What, what, what's what, my per, unique? Yeah, what's your so I um, I mean, we were, um, we were talking about this a little bit before. I, um, I live a lot in between worlds. Okay. So I'm often writing characters and stories that are betwixt identities or betwixt things that convolute inside of them. So, like you know, line. I'm 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 mixed race, I'm multiracial, right. I'm mixed genders, mm-hmm. I'm mixed sexualities, mm-hmm. you know, I'm constantly in between um what we'll call labels even though i don't really like believe in labels i don't think intellectuals care about labels but i think muggles need them to understand the world (laughs) um you know so we have to kind of that's a (laughs) t-shirt yeah yeah they do muggles do understand the world and i appreciate the point of labels to help make sense of chaos right but i am chaos incarnate Mm. um so I've, that perspective bleeds into my work, and I think it creates very nuanced characters and nuanced okay. situations um, that I love to just right. dig into that meaty shit, you know? That shit that's like, this is problematic, but, yeah. mm, but real, you know? Yeah. and But right. the, we all go through these weird, dark, convoluted mm-hmm. feelings and experiences. So um, when I realized, oh, I actually do have something to offer the entertainment industry from a creative standpoint, and not just being um, a puppet, you know, which I'm not saying acting is put being a puppet, but you're fulfilling other people's words and other yeah. people's stories. Um, and I still love to act, you know, when the opportunity arises. Um, when I realized that I said, Oh, I've been, I've been training to do TV my whole life. I've been, yes, doing, you I've have. been training forever and I didn't know until, you know, three and a half years ago. Um, so lo- I'm very lo- grateful, lo- grateful that I came to that realization because now I'm living my best life.
1: I love that you said that. And I'll be interrupting you guys a little bit. Yeah, just please. We're having a conversation. So, mm-hmm. um, the thing that I always tell writers, the better you're going to be, is the more experiences you have. So, for example, when, when my life turned around, I think I told you guys on, on the mic uh, the other day, is when I finally started telling my story about growing up where I lived, mm-hmm. being that little, the movie dope, I was him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all those things like that. And that's when people started leaning in going, oh, this is, we've never heard this that story new. before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I became known as that guy. Oh, did you ever hear that story about that punk rock kid from san francisco did you hear about whatever you know what i mean so that became my if you will in so that was my i don't know what you want to get my calling card if you will and then my writing like i said written a lot of things I'm writing underdog stories and re- about redemption or whatever so it doesn't matter what the world is I'm still writing that theme mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. and so again you, you see right. it in 40 scripts every that's written. your brand you see it yeah. in every one of them yeah. motif and yes. it isn't that I can't write other things but you know you're lame you know what I mean you so know what you're good at you, you do you yeah. know what I mean but it takes some time to get and that's what out.
2: people that's what people mean when they say write what you know mm-hmm. they don't mean write specifically what you are exactly. and, and what worlds you've experienced—it's like no, we want to experience new worlds. Right. But write what you know, write the feelings, you know, the experiences, yes. you know, the the passion, the passions, yes. you know—that's what people mean when they say write what you know.
1: For sure. What about you, Charlie Peppers? Welcome to the show. Thank you for having okay, me. Okay, that's
2: enough. Um,
1: <laughs> oh said, no, he no did no not.
2: Uh,
4: <laughs> that's enough. That's quite enough peppers for today. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yes I've. You. So I would say my interest in the arts comes from my mom. My mom, such an artist. I grew up watching her go to film school, act. Her and my dad, they were both models. So I... Went to Makes sense because Charlie's them. gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Uh, I would go to gigs with them. Mm-hmm. And when I was younger, I did a TV work as a kid. So I was a child actor. do. Yeah. Which was such a funny experience. I auditioned to be, and I bombed this audition, <laughs> bombed Simba and The Lion King. Oh, I, I got to miss school. I had my little sheet music. <laughs> and uh, Cheryl Lee Ralph was there oh, in okay. the waiting room with her kid oh interesting <laughs> uh Encouraging, giving very Barbara and Abbott Elementary <laughs> energy. I remember this as a kid. It's like you're gonna be strong. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna like She's sing from your diaphragm. Mm-hmm. And I remember I did well in the acting part, but I've never been a singer, and my mm. voice didn't carry over the piano. Right. And right. I'll never forget that. That's how I tanked getting Simba in The Lion King mm. when I was uh, ten.
3: That's funny.
4: Uh, so I did that. Uh, did a lot of. Different gigs. Um, One of my first jobs that I booked, which is so meta, I played Tracy Morgan's gay son (laughs) on Saturday Night Live (laughs) for this sketch called Homocill. They're pills that you take to deal with your kid being gay. Uh, So that was the first (laughs) job that I booked and I took it so seriously. But I remember almost a little bit like you, Tristan, looking around the set, looking at the lights and thinking, I want to be the person who's molding the Mm -hmm. world, who's sculpting the stories and what's happening right now. And um, from that point, I started getting into screenwriting. I checked out books when I was uh, 11, 12 in the library. I took it so seriously. Mm -hmm. I taught myself computer animation, and I would create trailers for the scripts that i wrote and i would make my family watch them before we (laughs) sat down for dinner like so the trailer before any of their shows would be like my shit so even at 11 12 i was like let me plug my show real quick uh (laughs) so i did that um went through the school system and uh college i was a journalism major and i For my senior thesis, I ended up doing something with filmmaking, and then that light bulb went off of, why don't I really commit to film and move to LA? Mm. So right after undergrad, when I was 22, moved to LA. Very quickly, after grad school, realized that I was a terrible assistant. I (laughs) fucked, I'm such a (laughs) a bad assistant, I fucked up so many lunches, and just, I was the worst. But you know why, that pushed me into realizing i had to take my writing even more seriously you can't get stuck in his assistant because if uh, you're
1: shit no one's going to keep you yeah
4: (laughs) and you know what i'm on talking terms with everybody (laughs) who i was an assistant for because Mm. all of them said the same thing they're like charlie no (laughs) 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 thank god you can write girl they're like thank god you can write that was like their (laughs) phone being like yeah thank god you're not on this desk anymore but um did that and um Really what's gotten me through in LA this journey is just knowing that I'm supposed to write It's not Mm -hmm. something that I kind of like doing or something that I do. We talked a lot about career versus hobby Mm -hmm. This is really part of who I am I think about writing the first thing that I wake up in the morning before I go to bed I'm working out scene structure and mm -hmm. things like that. I love writing so so much Mm. it really is how I make sense of the world and how I communicate my personhood and I really have survived in LA by keeping my head down and juggling five, sometimes six jobs, what? but knowing that at the end of the day, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna fucking write my script,
1: mm, and that that's period. what's gonna happen. Right. And that's so you weren't going to the club; you was getting your groove on on the damn script.
2: Yeah, yeah, yes, and yeah, going, going <laughs> to the club. I was at there writing because we're building experiences, <laughs> we're Yo, building relationships, which is important
1: too. You
4: which gotta is important go too. Gotta I would it. be that person at the club. My friends make fun of me because I would be. I'd be out doing my thing, Then I was <laughs> Ow, like, "Oh wait, I just got an idea. I gotta go. I'm I gotta go home like, and I gotta go home and write." <laughs> They're like, "Really, Charlie? It's two in the morning."
2: <laughs> but one of my favorite shows years a couple of years ago was um, Jane the Virgin, as silly mm-hmm. as it was, because I loved anything. I that's love that show. That, anything that's over the top like that, <laughs> and I always laughed whenever she was like in this like really intense moment of her life, and then she was like. <gasps> I have to go right.
3: <laughs> and then I was like, what the hell? Like,
2: someone just died in front of you, yeah. you know? And I'm like, oh, wow, I actually experience that all the time. And I'm like, God, I gotta go put this down on paper. Yeah. I really do.
1: There's a, there's a thing. So before I ever had offices and stuff like that, um, I was a coffee shop dude. But that came from being in San Francisco. It's just cold, bitch. Mm. <laughs> so... You gotta go to the coffee shop. Like there was just not a lot to do. So even when I was an actor, I'd go there. I'd be reading scripts, or you know, reading a you know, reading a play or whatever I was doing because I came from the theater. And so I found when I finally got an office, I realized you were asking me about like my my artwork and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, your artwork, <clears throat> clearly it's art
2: in here is gorgeous. I
1: had to give myself the energy of feeling like I was sitting in the coffee shop mm-hmm. that was jumping. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I needed it to feel like. And and so here's here's what happened. So about 10, 12 years ago, um, my producing partner um, was running this big production company at NBC Universal, which is now Comcast. And she had this deal going on and the company went under, but she still had her office for like another, I don't know, eight months or whatever. So I came by and saw her in this 20 story, in the 20th floor, gorgeous corner office. And I was like, girl, one day I'm gonna give me office, just like this. And she's like, come here, let me show you something we walk over two doors down, and there's this office that overlooks the Hollywood Hills. It was gorgeous. Wow. And there was nothing in it but a table, a chair, and a lamp. But the view was like, bam. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. She said, welcome to your office. This is yours for eight months. And I was like, huh? So she said, but here's what I need you to do. This is the lesson in it that I'm trying to get to. She said, I want you to decorate the shit out of it. And I want you to leave your door open. I want you to have all your friends over. I had Lena and them, all of them, everybody come over and I would just be having meetings all day long for like a month or two. Finally one day, somebody came and knocked on the door. Hey, what do you do? Love your artwork. and We got in a conversation. Who got a job? You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm open for business. Right. So you saw when you came here, my door is wide (laughs) open. So I think I've done four jobs just having my door open. Mm. You know what I mean? Just being here. So it's about where you are so when people think oh you're on the lot you know you have a deal no bitch i'm paying for this mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i'm saying this is a rental this is me investing in my career Absolutely. Yeah. but i'm surrounding myself around people who can hire me mm-hmm. you know what i mean so I be very to say smart no
2: I, yeah. I i love that I, this is your storefront this is yeah your, i'm very anti-door anyway i'm very mm-hmm. anti-privacy <laughs> um i believe in an open walk around butt naked
1: look at it yeah. <laughs> girl <laughs>
2: You you have no idea <laughs> My 4th of July plans are nude beach, <laughs> new beach, new beach. Wow. Um, anyway, like, club, club. Another club. I love But I love that. Yeah. And op- I mean, it's, it just takes open door policy to a whole different level of like, I am open for business. Right. I am open for you to walk and see my characters, yeah. see what essence I'm I'm letting bleed out. Our, our aura is affecting the microphone, right. you know. And, of, and
4: uh, it's also confidence. Yeah. It's yeah, confidence
2: cool. that you, you have. Hide something
4: to offer, you're welcoming, you're bringing people into your space so naturally they're going to want to know more about you and also they're going to see your taste so if they see something that resonates, boom, Mm -hmm. that's a conversation right there and maybe that snowballs into a project or something about art, that's very smart
1: Well the other part of it is like and you guys have heard this story too, and I know you work in a roadmap. You guys probably tell writers, you know, if you're gonna go meet with somebody, you know, look them up, blah, blah, blah. You'd be surprised how many writers I'll meet on Instagram or whatever, who people listen to my show. And I'm like, come up to the office. And they'll come over, and I'm like, I'm talking to them for like 10 minutes, I'm like, they don't even really know who I am, do I? Mm. So I'm like, stop for a second. Just look around my office really quick. You will see so much of me, you know, this is all me. These are all my things that I had somebody paint, <laughs> you know what I mean? Things that I love, Ali, sneakers, I'm a sneakerhead. You know, so there's like so many things about me, old trucks and toys, comic books, you know, The Walking Dead, like there's so many things. If you can't pick me up, and you're, you're, not looking, not you're not paying attention. I love yeah. history, <laughs> you know what I mean? So you, you can see that all there if you just stop for a second and just give yourself a 30-second Oh, this dude's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And placement, which goes to where you were saying, I did. I had to think about how to put this up here. Okay, I didn't just go. Oh, I'll just put a. I was like, oh no. So when you're sitting there and my guests are sitting, I want to be able to take a photo where I see my ollie painting. You know what I mean? It's not on me. It's on you. Right. So. Let's get to this really quick. I know I'm jumping all over. And I want to hear all. This is that why around. we call I the I rant room. Want to hear oh, all that I'm intrigued. Off. I'm intrigued. This is why we call the rant room. Watch this. So you see my get out photo, which is behind Tristan, which I'll take a photo of you, Tristan, in a moment. <clears throat> and so I'm in the Bay Area and I'm directing this movie. And I stopped by my sister's house and we're just sitting chilling. She lives. In, she used to live in Sacramento, and she's sitting there on her little. Uh, what do you call it? iPad. Yeah. Whatever tablet whatever and she's on Facebook and she's just scrolling through it stuff And I'm just sitting next to her talking and she stops on that painting of the get out and I was like wait a minute who painted that she said oh my friend's daughter is an artist and I went called a bitch mm-hmm. <laughs> so she got her friend on a phone we got to her daughter and I was like girl saw your photo I want to buy it and she's like oh well Jordan Peele just offered me such and such and such amount of money for it. And I was like, okay, producer hat. I went, this is going to sound really strange. I'll give you 600 bucks for it. Believe me, she was in the thousands, by the way. Wow. And I said, let me tell you why. You should sell it to me and not him.
2: He said, I'm going to pitch you.
1: And I'm saying this on the mic. This is some real shit. I said, over there, it's going to be in his office, his house, where nobody's ever going to see it.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: On my show. I will be taking a photo behind Tristan's back, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Whatever, and you will see it all over the world. Right. And she was like, "Okay." So she drove up from Stockton this to Sacramento, as as that? Sacramento. That was the end of your Just day. like that. It wow. Stockton nice. to Sacramento, and brought a whole bunch of other ones, and I bought this one, which is Lady really in cool Red, ones. and yeah. just those two. Oh, and I bought another one for my sister. I can't
4: the the eyes, yeah. the, eye, I can't. I can't the eyes, just, what is she thinking? Yeah. Like, that is such a, and the fact that I it's
1: love faces, you. Yeah, you know what I mean? So there's so many different things about, you know, like I said, if you come into somebody's office or their space or whatever, and this goes into, and you know this because you guys work on Zoom a lot, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what you see behind you is important. So if you have a meeting with a showrunner or a meeting with an exec or whatever, And you're a big sci-fi geek you might want to be behind your star wars poster okay i have
2: so many zoom generals where people ask for a tour of my bedroom Mm -hmm. because it's wild in there i believe it like what's on that wall what's that empty frame for what tell Mm -hmm. me more and like give me and i'm like okay i'm giving you a whole interview in my yeah i'm going to angle 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 Mm -hmm. um i have these beautiful you know hand carved wooden golden wings Mm -hmm. on my wall and it's like you're so right your space is depending on what my meaning is i will turn my camera to different things
1: absolutely Mm -hmm. you know if i'm doing a historical thing i might be behind this stuff Mm -hmm. you know what i mean if i'm doing something more hip i might be behind the sneakers behind you you know what i mean if i want you to see that i'm into whatever i'm try to make sure you see if i'm doing a movie about some white dude i'm behind james dean you know what i mean i'm letting you know this black dude does a bunch of different stuff Mm -hmm. yeah it's like walking
4: inside of your mind Mm -hmm. yeah it should feel like this is what you would look like if i just were to peek around your thoughts a little bit that's really cool yeah
2: absolutely so i think that's also speaks to just being intentional um about one who you're meeting with, yeah. what you what you what you want out of this meeting, yeah. and also intentional about your space, and I when I walked in here earlier, I said, I was like, Wow, like this is such a captivating, stimulating space where I want to create right. these colors on the wall. I want to be right. you know, I'm getting ideas already right. um so I don't know how y'all do these bland walls at home, fix it
1: <laughs> <laughs> but this goes to so when I was at coffee shops, yeah, and back in the day when I was in the coffee shop, I was like... There was there was a there was the gay mecca coffee shop which was the coffee bean in Santa Monica and also the this the also the one that's um the Starbucks on Santa Monica you know down in Boys Town is <clears throat> still there mm-hmm. but the coffee bean mm-hmm. was the place that I went and it would be everybody was there any writer who was gay was there
3: okay and
1: we all would go hang there be reading each other's scripts and the whole thing people who you guys all know I ain't even gonna say the names y'all know who I'm talking about and. Um, what would stimulate me was this. And, like, for example, there's lots of people we all know who can't write in a place like... like I can go to a club, and I haven't been in a club in 20 years. I can go to a club and sit there and be... Boom, 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 and I could be in there just... Like this. And people would be like, how could you do that? I'm stimu- It's stimulation.
3: Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like,
1: ooh, that's a character. I was going to make the bad dude this, but what if he wore... Whatever. Oh, I love that. Oh. And then somebody'll say something. I'm like, oh, that's a great word. That's
4: how you cook. You feel me? That's mm-hmm. that's, that's your co- that's your cooking style. Exactly. And you know, that's so funny. We speak a lot about extroversion and introversion, but I think there are so many different ways that people are creative. Like I'm such a deep incubator mm-hmm. when it comes to my work. I could have an idea that I had four years ago but something in my life happens or hits me differently and I'm right. like, oh, time to bring that back. You know, I'm constantly, even mm-hmm. when I'm not creating, mm-hmm. my subconscious is moving things around right. or I'll see something or I'll watch a music video and I'm so,
1: so curious what that you're is. You're in tune. Yeah. And you're looking, it's, I, think, I think people think we as writers are sitting there going, tell me a story. Ooh, let me take that. No, we're just sitting there going, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then you'll say something, I'll be like, ding. Like, did he say that he was in the army and this thing happened? Oh, man, that's an interesting character. That's how we start to think. It's not like like we're like going, tell me something so I can use it. Mm -hmm. That's not good writing. It's when it hits you because now it's passionate. Yeah, right. Now it's like, ooh, it, it stirs you. And it might just be a moment. It might be like a moment you see in a movie or a TV show or a play or, you know, a story, whatever it is you're writing. But that moment spurs, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? We are the type of artists, all of us doing TV and film, we understand you could take a little slug line of something, a little tag of, you know, uh, you know, Jaws in Space and be like, oh, I see the characters. Oh, it's a, it's a story about a boy who, you know what I mean? What,
2: what characters you see in Jaws in Space? Tell us more. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I see it. Yes. So, first of all, that was good. Um, but that type of stuff that we see as writers is our job, is to be in tune with that. Mm-hmm. And go ahead. I think, like... <laughs>
2: How I, I love that Char- I love Charlie when you were saying uh, you're, you're incubating all the time you're writing yes. even if you're not on the page right um, and then when something pops back up and it hits a passion point you're like whoa this already answers the question why me why now. Mm -hmm. So I know that this, you know what I mean? I think a lot of writers struggle with, why am I writing this project now? Why am I doing this now? And And why today? Why today, right? And I'm making my way through Dahmer right now, Ah. right? Because Hylia pushed me to keep going past episode five, and damn, was it worth it. Because it answers the question, why now? Oh, this is actually... This hasn't I don't give a shit about this white boy in Milwaukee killing people. Mm-hmm. I'm here for the black community mm. that is yeah. not being heard and not being you know justified and you know There's some underlying that is what the TV show is about. <clears throat> yeah. And I'm like, "Whoa. I cannot believe I stopped, you yeah. know? And that answered why now. And it's like that probably was on Ryan Murphy's plate for years. Years. You know, and, and trying to crack when do I? When is the reason to do this show? I'm
1: I'm glad you said that, and spe- especially talking to two young black queer writers as yourselves, <clears throat> because and we talked about this the other day. Sometimes we are in that culture where everybody hides behind, and they don't think they're hiding, but they hide behind their their Instagrams and their YouTubes and their Twitters, yeah. and they you know they go in on whatever the thing is, and they haven't even fucking watched it.
3: Mm -hmm. I have a
1: huge problem with that. I'm like, watch it, and then say, I saw it, and here's where it was. But don't be like, I'm not going to do or support blah, 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 and you ain't even seen, watched, heard, or anything.
4: I I have a problem with that. I agree with that, but it's a yes and. (laughs) Yes and or to that. If something is going to trigger somebody, like if there is a scene of sexual assault or if there is a scene of particular violence, I think that that could be an issue that somebody has in terms of, I don't want to watch that because I know that that's in there. But, but at the same time, I think that things can be done in a particular way to where there is nuance to it, to where Mm -hmm. it's trying to inform and educate and say something within the tapestry of an entire creative piece.
1: So I would say...
4: Here's mm -hmm. an example.
1: Yeah. Here's an example. So I wrote the Black Wall Street script seven years ago. Okay. I, I have probably came to five or six productions just about to go green on this script. But the culture we're in is like, oh, God, it's torture porn. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, it's history, bitch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? The shit really happened. So I'm, and I was telling you guys the other day, <clears throat> I am, unfortunately, it's probably because it's the age that I am and the the, the climate that I come out of living in a place like where the movie Dangerous Minds comes from. Yeah. The F-bomb was a normal thing to hear. I'm so numb to it. It's unfortunate. But that's the culture that I grew up in, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what I found is, and I'm glad you said what you said. For me, I think... In this culture where they're already trying to get rid of the books and the this and the that, it's like, if we don't have anything, all of you, and I'll call you kids just in general, all of you guys won't even know what happened. You won't even understand that these things happened. You won't understand this and this. But like my movie ends in this amazing thing of hope. Mm. You know what I mean? Greenwood is freaking blown up. But the next scene is, what do we do now?
3: Right, and and so we right. literally see
1: the wife pulls out this little thing of money that they've been holding on to for forever. And she hands it to her husband and she looks across at the empty lot like, bitch, Greenwood could be anywhere. Mm, you see what I'm saying? Powerful. Mm-hmm. But they don't powerful. even want to get. They're so focused on the fact that we're watching black people get killed by the Klan that they missed the point. Yep. Like you were just yep. saying, if I hadn't have finished, yep. I wouldn't have saw that yes these things really happen and somebody might be triggered by that but the hope in it is the point that I'm trying to get to yeah I want you to see that mm, we yeah. can black people go through that and they restart and have always they rebuild. Gone through that and they always you see what I mean rebuild. we always rebuild. yeah and so the last scene is this beautiful montage of one dude going across digging another truck lumber another you know what I mean mm-hmm. and next thing you know boom it's in a whole nother city. They started it. So we, You can't kill us. Right. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the whole point. I, I would, would watch
4: that because you wrote it, you know, and Fine. because you created it and you know the community, you right. know, it would be different than... You know, somebody trying to do a white exec trying to do Roots three <laughs> Like, like let's get I let's get let's get Rihanna way. to play Kissy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Roots, you know, <laughs> we're, dying, we're, dying. we're the album, sis. Uh, you know, so it and the, 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 musical. the it. musical, the musical Roots, the musical.
2: <laughs> the voice behind the writing is really important yes. because of that. Because if you can trust their intentions mm-hmm. and you, if you know their intentions and you're like oh okay I can go on this ride so c- context is everything you're mm-hmm. so right but I also want to talk about Charlie being you saying like this triggers you like like that is ex- that's a real experience it's an, it's a true, true. I, I tried to watch Dahmer fourth that wasn't last night right. it was my fourth time getting through it do you right. know what I mean right. and I finally got past episode five and mm. I'm re-watching episodes I'm like, I've watched this three times why am I watching this episode again mm. because sometimes we're not ready for things too yeah as consumers um, and, or you as you gotta be in, the right mind we have to be in the right mindset yeah. there are so many shows that are now some of my favorite television shows um films that right. I'm like the first time I watched that it just wasn't for me at that mm-hmm. time in my life at right. that time in my spiritual journey at that right. time in my whatever um, so that's also the beautiful thing about screenwriting and putting something on camera it's like this is gonna live forever right you don't have to watch this right now. Yeah, like take your time on this, mm-hmm. and that's a gift. I think. Well, that's let me gift. let that's me a add, gift let the me add versus theater, where it's like you have one night to <clears> get it, and if you don't get it by the end of the curtain call, then <laughs> it wasn't right. for you. Like, <laughs> yeah, sorry, truly let, truly. let me just truly. add this
1: little tiny piece to it, um, and this this is great. This is why I love this show. Is we get to have like real conversations. We don't always have to greet, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the fun part about it. We still love each other, we're gonna hug each all other, right. we're gonna go you know, do whatever after, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. We, you know what I mean, still love y'all bitches. <laughs> so here's the interesting thing. So when I was researching on the Black Wall Street thing, watch this, so I was watching all these documentaries, right? And there was one, a very famous one, that was like a big PBS one, where they interviewed the last remaining survivors who were still alive, because they're all dead now, you know what I mean? It's over 100 years now. And so the lady, one of the ladies says this, so you know sometimes when you go into research mode, you go down a rabbit hole and you're just like, you cannot figure out where you're going. I finally hit my wall of clarity. Mm -hmm. She said this, if you lived in Greenwood in 1921, You can get the Holy Ghost on one corner and heroin in the other. And I went, that is bars. And I went, oh, that's that's dialogue for somebody. Yes. Then I went, ooh, that means they had juke joints, they had jazz clubs, they had shimmering dresses, they had the wavy little haircuts. And I went, this ain't no, this ain't no, oh, we can't go over there. This is. I wish the motherfuckers would come over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So of all of my characters, all the vets who go to fight them, are those dudes, jazz club cats that are in suits and them damn near Al Capone type of guys. I made them the cool dudes. Yeah. So they talk like today, but back then. You know what I mean? So right. that's, that's the only way the you can do period pieces. Now. That's. And that so, and I've done a lot of period yeah. pizzas. So that's the thing that I'm always doing. When people read my stuff, and like, kind it feels so fresh. I'm like, because I'm making them now. Right. The only right. thing that changes is when a white man walks in, they go, yep. uh. you know what I mean? Yep. They look away. As yep. soon as yep. he leaves, shit. <laughs> because the but the barbershop and the shoe shine parlor, the shoe, shoe shine parlor was popular before the barbershop. Really? my thing takes place in the shoeshine parlor mm-hmm. the guy who's mm-hmm. that was claimed a spot. That was a spot. the guy who's accused of raping the girl in the elevator was uh, uh, at the shoeshine parlor and yeah. I was like it would be like barbershop so when you are in there oh man it's all that banter all that type of stuff they cutting each other they're doing all that stuff man I got a 45 take your head out it's all that
3: mm-hmm. yeah you yeah. know what I mean
1: man the white man bubble they been across Greenwood they're like it's all of that energy so when that stuff happens, they're like, there ain't no way my man did this. There ain't mm. no way. He can get any girl he want, why would he rape somebody? You know what I mean? It's coming from that energy as opposed to, oh, what are we gonna do? You know yeah. what I mean? The specificity that, but, mm, of the community. Exactly. Just yes. that
4: voice and that lexicon yeah. that you can pull from. Right? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It, you know, so I feel like I cut you off. Just I don't even hear. remember what I was going to say. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. Girl, like cut yeah, off. Yeah, sorry. And something else <laughs> I wanted to speak to is where a person could be on their energetic or spiritual journey and how that will provide another pathway into the writing mm-hmm. and will change the perspective. You right. said that something that you're always speaking about is just being, it was such a beautiful word, betwixt. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: betwixt mm-hmm. and being uh, caught between
4: different we don't worlds. Have word in the
1: project, by the way, I don't know what that word is. is between, that? between,
2: <laughs> like. Uh, it's actually, I hate that you say that because that's like in three of my scripts. I need to only have that word in one of my scripts. <laughs> but now that you say, it, like, damn, I do use that word a lot. No, 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 um, no, no betwixt. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's like a, it's a, it's a, it is a, 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 a witchy it's cute, word. It's, it's like cute. a, it is. I love it. Um, it's a great word, and, it, and it, it has conflict in the word. I don't mind. it. You know what I mean? I might steal that. It's not shit. just about being between. It's like I'm at odds being between. It's not. Not all of us now
4: be (laughs) in (laughs) betwixt. Oh my god. But yep. And it's so funny. My thing that I always write about in my scripts are father son relationships. And based off of the healing journey that I've been on with my relationship with my father, my way into that with my scripts has changed. You Mm -hmm. know, I have a Mm -hmm. scene in a project that I wrote where the second act turning point is the son when the dad's been hurt. It's a horror film that turns into a kung fu movie it's really wild (laughs) it's like uh, it like barbarian it switches genres at the 35 minute point it's like oh you cannot these black people they know kung fu (laughs) you know so it's super (laughs) it's fun so he's looking at his dad who's just been harmed and we look through his perspective and he sees his dad's wounded inner child Mm. he literally sees his dad as a child wounded and he picks up Mm his dad but he's picking up the little boy and his dad and he's like walking away okay, with him. Just teary eyed yeah, right Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. You know and at some point earlier <laughs> in the script someone's met mentioning in ayahuasca journey of like, oh I just let it go because I saw their inner child. And the son is like, that's so fucking stupid. Saw their inner child, mm-hmm. what do you mean? Then the payoff is him seeing the wounded inner child and he just says, oh. I got you, I see you, I see you, you know, and picking Mm. him up and trying to walk away from the people who are trying to harm them. So I think...
1: That's a trailer moment. I like that, that's good.
4: Yeah, you know, and you have to, but I would not have gotten that scene if I had not gotten to the point in my journey where I can say, I can see why this would resonate or how this could be a great growth moment for a character. But, so right. I think it's
2: incubation. You have to be ready to write that. You have to be ready, to, be ready to write that. Because otherwise it's going to be half-baked and you're like, okay. oh, I didn't actually process the mm. emotional life behind these characters right so i love that you, you wait wait sometimes like wait to write your script
1: this is why it's okay <coughs> you don't have to write it right now it's okay this is why i have such an issue with how hollywood treats older writers mm. you know I mean, what i mean is writers over, writers over 50 in general um but the irony is the majority of successful writers are white male writers over 50. yeah <coughs> uh, now the thing about this is experience is everything Mm -hmm. and the more mature you are the more you learn how to handle things Mm -hmm. the more you go I was in a relationship with a person like this I don't want to be in a relationship with a person like that again so I'm going to start doing this Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure that I ask them these questions right I'm going to you know what I mean you start to changing how you feel it's the same thing about your your, your father, yeah your first stories were this way because it, something was still unresolved. Mm-hmm. And now once you on that journey to resolve it, you don't feel that way no more. Same, yeah,
4: exactly, exactly that. And then you're able to, yes and in what you said, have a more well-rounded story. He's, he starts going like, he's, he's all he, he, he,
2: betwixt <laughs> and yes and. Yes <laughs> and, that's, and. that's we like my going. thing, yes and. You know, and yes, you're and able and. to have it be
4: more well-rounded <laughs> because you have that experience of how yeah. somebody would feel before the healing took place, and what they would bring to the table once they know better, you know, because once you know better, you do better, and right. that's all about <clears throat> like just the cyclical nature of humanity and mm-hmm. where we are in our journeys. Indeed, indeed.
1: Mm. Um, this is this is great. Yeah, I'm this is great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, I have a question ahead, for you, yeah,
2: sure. as you know, an elder.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> Still pretty, though. A very pretty elder. Black do crack. This is
2: like totally back to something you said earlier, Alon, so like forget everything we just said. We're going into a different direction. That, um, that coffee shop, mm-hmm. the community, mm. um, being able to have this organic space that is just created through just connection, connectivity right. to each other, and we all end up here, we're reading each other's scripts, and we're, I find so many writers struggle to find that. Specifically, so many gay, so many queer, so many black writers struggle mm-hmm. to find just spaces. I'm, I mean, so many. I mean, me too. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you see that now? So here's my. I feel advice. like that does. I mean, that doesn't.
1: I can just tell you what you I did, that shit. did. You have to build that shit. Is it still the? It's been eight years since I've been in coffee shops. So mm-hmm. you know what I mean. But when I was, here's what I did. Here's an example. Mm-hmm. So I was saying this earlier. There's lots of writers who need to be at home in the dark writing, and I'm like, okay. I'm not gonna try to change that because that's when you're the most on. Yeah. Like you, everybody has a time of day mm-hmm. when they write. The that's most. me. I'm, like, my first drafts always. Yeah. Are I, write, 11, I write. I um, write between twelve and six p.m. Okay. In, the, in the in the afternoon. I get in here about 12, 6 o'clock. I'm out. Mm-hmm. I might be in the middle of a run. Like I'm leaving. I have to train myself to do that. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I will keep going, and I'll be here till fucking midnight. And I don't want to be one of those writers. I want to be disciplined to write when I need to write so we'll get to that yes moment. yes so here's my thing I'd say to those writers who this is for even writers who don't live in LA or New York or Chicago or wherever Santa San Antonio whatever, wherever, wherever is jumping with writers mm. there is a coffee shop near you somewhere right Especially those of us who live in L.A. Mm. You can live in the valley. You can live on this side, the good side. Um, (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Uh, And there's so many different places, West Hollywood, Hollywood, whatever, right? You can literally go online and punch in what's the top coffee shops with, with screenwriters. You can punch it in. It's fr- duh. Yeah. You guys have it on your yeah. phones, right? We do
2: the damn
3: research.
1: I didn't have that back then. I would just pop around. I would ask somebody, hey, mm-hmm. where are you going? Oh, I'm going to Aroma. Oh, I'm going to Coffee Bean. Oh, I'm going to Insomnia. You know what I mean? Those were the places that people would go. So if I needed to write it at home because it's too loud for me to write in a coffee shop, mm-hmm. then I would make my script look like a real script. Two brads, three holes. You know what I mean? I make a copy of it after I've already written. I take it to a coffee shop and I get my red pen out and mm. I just start going to work. Mm. You know, reading through what mm. your your job to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm doing my edit, and what happens is everyone can see you literally. Reading people the see yeah. you now. You're right. The way all of us are so pretty, they think we're actors. Of course. Yeah. Uh, they do. But it's a conversation piece, <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's how you meet Desmond Lance Black sitting across from you. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's, that's how you meet these writers who are people you admire because they're like, "Dude, I see you here like every day. What, what do you what do you do? You're an actor? Oh no, I'm a writer. Oh, you what do you do?" It becomes a conversation piece, and then you start going, "Yeah, blah blah blah, I'm working." Oh, dude, when you're ready, let me read, let me read that. Mm-hmm. That's how it happens. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? That's how you start building your what your tribe. Right. So you could be going all over the place. You could just... I'm going to read 10, 20 pages today yeah, right here. Out, I'm going to go over there and read whatever. Now let me go home, fix it. Now let me take it somewhere else and do it again. Right. You ain't right, done right. yet. People think they, they did one pass and they're done. No, you need a couple more passes. <laughs> you were talking about this <laughs> on,
2: on an episode or two ago mm-hmm. where it's like... I mean, I'm comparing it to just being on a screen, right? Mm. Like like this vortex of a laptop. Like people don't want to mess with you when you're in the zone there. You were talking about with just having your AirPods in and being like, that's telling everybody that you're not interested. Um, So understanding how you're being perceived in those open, potentially networking spaces. Don't go in there with your headphones on. Go in
1: there and let the music, whatever they play. Remember, you're going in there to be inspired by what's around you. Right. you should have moments where you're just sitting just... Watching. Mm -hmm. Observing, yeah, yeah. Because here's the thing that people don't know about writers. I I tell this thing all the time. We are the only people who can be in silence and still be working. Yes.
4: Speak the truth. We are the only people. Speak the truth. Where
1: your husband and your boyfriend and your girlfriend thinks you ain't doing shit and your ass is like this, thinking, they're like, what are you doing? I was just thinking about this. What if this whatever, you know what I mean? Somebody walks by, a car goes by, ooh, if they were in that car, you know what I mean? There's so many different things that you get. The constant hypotheticals, constant what ifs. Constant, yeah, yeah. I, You know,
2: something I've been telling a lot of my friends lately, or acquaintances, or whatever, is you don't have to always be talking. No. We don't have to always have something to say. And I feel like I'm I'm an asshole for telling people I care about that, but I'm like, we can shut up. Like, like, just think. Like, just like we, we can just be here in the same space and have ideas. Right. And then we'll share them when they're worth sharing. Yeah. But I feel like just people talk so much. I don't know. Do you relate? It's anxiety. <laughs> it's anxiety. You know, it's uh trying to fill the space
4: yeah. and trying to fill the silence. I think... I have a theory. I think that people talk a lot because they're afraid of not being felt. Mm. But I think that the mm. definition of charisma is... Trusting that even if you don't speak, you will be felt. Mm. Uh, and I think that uh, not a lot of people, particularly people who are queer or gay or people of color, we feel that we <clears> just <throat> have to prove that we can contribute and that we have something of value. But us being in the space is of value <laughs> is. because of yeah. what we bring to the table mm-hmm. and to the discussion. Mm-hmm. You know, So I think it's just people trusting their vibe mm leads them to not feel like they have to do this all the time and sure. i can be very chatted like it's fun to do this it's fun to chat it's sure. fun to like go back and forth but you know it's also great to <coughs> hold space and to you know sit in it let me let me ask yeah.
1: you guys something um this is this is from me i think we talked about this a little bit on the other podcast mm-hmm, mm-hmm. something that i admire about you guys is the openness that you guys have Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. to walk around in your you, Mm -hmm. you know, it's taken me a long time. And I think I told you guys when I when I finally stopped writing in 2004, I mean, acting in 2004, I was doing Hedwig. And when I finished the show and I just started to focus on writing, like the relief in my head of not being worried about people thinking I'm gay or Mm -hmm. anything like that was like, oh, God, I could just I'm behind the scenes now. Like, oh, I'm directing this thing or I'm producing this thing or whatever it was. It was like I didn't have to worry about
2: how you are perceived. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. it,
1: it, it totally lost my brain. <clears throat> and I watch you, you both of you um, in general. And like you made a comment earlier, Tristan, about going to the beach and being out there naked and <laughs> stuff like that. And I'm going, man, like, and you still don't mind being on the screen, though.
2: Hell no. You know what I mean? Maybe that's, I got more followers that way. That's yeah, f- ah, listen. Ah, I tried to build that subscribe. Ah, I just started an OnlyFans. Oh like, come on. Do wow. it. Do come it. Through. We're striking. We're on the picket line, but do also, do this is, right? is my
4: QR
1: code for my OnlyFans. Slide me a DM. Yeah. But I admire you guys for. Life is too short. I admire it. Ain't it? I wish that I was more. Like that, it took, I, think I feel I'm, like you I are. You're pretty, I think I'm you're pretty, pretty open, out. Yeah, you are. but, but like, I'm not like ooh, like out. But, I, but, oh, okay, but when okay, I like okay, but when I look
4: at you, yeah, yeah. I feel that you are that because you're just yourself. You know, yeah, you're very I, authentic. I don't. You're you authentic. You know, yeah. you create that. You know, but also you're just you, and I feel that being yourself or being authentic or being uh, gay doesn't look any one way. No, not even it's close. It's your life experiences. It's right. the neighborhood. It's right. the people. It's the, the pop culture you influenced by. Right. I don't think that I'm like every gay person that I see. I'm just me. But I will say, oh, this is a funny story. I got to tell this tell story. It, tell I got to <laughs> tell this story. The way that I came out to my mom, mm-hmm. How I came we? out to my mom, it was 20... I was 22 years old. Mm. I was 22 years old last week. Like that.
2: <laughs> I wish. Um, and, and how close was this to your move to LA? Because <laughs> you said you moved here.
4: So it was well. my second year in LA. Oh, okay. And I, as a kid, was so afraid of being found out that I was gay that I had this weird fear in my head that if I went to the doctor and if they drew blood, the results would come back wow. gay. Wow. And that's that amazing.
1: was, that was, that's an interesting story. Though. That was a fear.
4: And I would break out in hives huh. waiting for, like, when I was a kid. Well, that's seeing trauma, the from, that's
2: generational trauma. That would be from, an interesting short film. That's yeah. An, I was like,
4: they're going to find out. They're yeah. going to find out. And they're was one doctor i remember when i was a kid that she closed the door it's like all right you're getting at that age where you are hitting puberty are you are you gay and i was like wow she just asked you that she just asked me and it was she was trying to provide a space and comfort Uh, i look back at it now and my mom wasn't there i was like no what do you (laughs) mean she was like oh don't worry about it. Yep. <laughs> you are who you are, yeah. you know. And so then I mean, we dropped. It's like, the I see you, bitch. I she like, good I good see you, bitch. I see you, bitch. I was like, 12. But then when I did come out to my mom, I came out to my mom, we were in a Denny's. Mm. And the entire walk to the Denny's was uh her being like, Do you have a girlfriend? Do you have a girlfriend? Do you have a girlfriend? Wow. And I sat her down at Denny's and I said, Hey mom, have you ever wanted to have sex with a woman? And she, <laughs> wait, that's amazing. And she said wow. she was like, "No." And I <laughs> slammed my fist on the table, and I said, "Me neither." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, yes. this, yes. this is a little uh, i yeah. Oh, you. thank this, you. That's
1: a great this is coming different. out. Story. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I think everybody can relate to that. I think it's interesting. That's thank great. you about a kid who was like totally freaked out about this. Yeah, he finally embraces it, and this is how. He, Boom. Yeah, you know? and I'm not sure what's your background. You Jamaican, your Haitian, like um,
4: partly Trinidadian. Okay. I, mean, I saw island in you. I was getting yeah, 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 yeah. But because um,
1: you know how they are over there, so yes. that's why I'm like, he finally stands up to his mom or dad or whoever the. Fucking the thing, mm-hmm. and he says, "Do you ever do you? Yeah, you know." And bam, blah 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 not blah blah blah, blah. And we just leave on her face, and we just fade the fucking and off. to be <laughs> honest, to be honest,
4: right really, really, my mom didn't have shit to say. <laughs> she was what like, could "She say and she's like, I haven't wanted to, so why am I going to be mad at you for not wanting to?" So it was uh, kind
2: of a, and it just came out in the moment. So I'd ask her now and be like, "So you want to tell me the truth now?" <laughs> Everyone <laughs> is a little bit you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> that's all i'm saying
3: also hilliard
2: <laughs> um that space you talked about that office you had for eight months where it was yeah. like my door's open i have art on the walls people are coming through we're the loud ones we're yeah. the black ones we're out we are out black and proud yeah. like we're just vibing and we're attracting mm. energy which ready for my elder moment they call charisma now riz, riz, riz? just riz now so if you have a high riz level You're really charismatic. Anyway,
1: I'm Uh, freaked out about it, too. But uh, I'm teaching y'all. Here we go. You know black folks, Uh, only got to abbreviate stuff. You know, you have your high-ris levels (laughs) in the room.
3: (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: We're going to brief the riz. Um, You have your high-ris levels in the room, and you're attracting all this energy. Um, I don't know what my question was. I just wanted to commend you for that, because I think that is part of your authentic self. Like, you still do that. You still attract Energy because you are you two are an open book I think
1: mm-hmm. I try to be an open book yeah. um,
2: and I think being <coughs> at, being what at, you know whatever out means or being as right. proud as you want, I think that when you have clicked it then you start attracting energy yeah. rather than chasing after energy like yeah. like um, I see
1: these like hundred and I think you out that. black people or out you know one oh, yeah, hundred time yeah, all yeah, the yeah. time and I'm always like why aren't in there and I'm like well I guess I'm not really promoting myself like that. I'm like, am I? Like I literally start playing that game like as much as I done should not be in you know there. All those people's <laughs> you know
2: all those people's publicists are yeah, emailed yeah
1: But like, also, and I'm one. gonna go there, but also I'm gonna,
4: who is deciding who's on that list? Yeah, yeah. Is it a, just a straight passing right. gay white dude? Is, who, it, the, is it the Well it's mostly ones? white folks anyway. Yeah, mostly, yes. exactly, mm. that is the word. And I think that the version of my experience being in LA as a queer Black person is mm-hmm. different than the experience of somebody who would be oh, sure. white and gay in LA. Oh. Not that there isn't beauty in both of them, but they're they're different,
3: you know. <clears throat> I
1: think you're you very kind. Think about kind. this. <laughs> you can go to. I live in West Hollywood. It's very segregated. Oh yeah. Still. Oh yeah. You know, like I don't. I I have a, I have a Black neighbor who's also another writer um, in the Writers Guild with me. And he and him and his girl live next door to us. But I don't see, you no know, black folks around my neighborhood. I think a new black family just moved down the street. Mm. But it's rare. And we don't, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. You go to West Hollywood, you just walk down the street, you might see one or two of us every once in a while. And it sucks. There, it's, th- it's been like that. I've been here since 1996. No. 1996. <sighs> yeah. Yes. Still like that. And so what I'm saying that to say that if they are, let me give you guys some game. So I'm ho- <clears throat> I'm bringing this up, because I'm hoping that it changes. Right. So I want to be clear about this. So I was brought in, I don't remember how many years ago, 10 years ago maybe, um, I, they were trying to get me on the board of Outfest. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I turned it down, and here's why. And I'm saying this because I'm hoping that somebody will hear this and be like, no, Hilliard, it's different. Mm-hmm. And come mm-hmm. back. So mm-hmm. this is why I'm saying it. So like I said, I always have a rebuttal. Mm-hmm. Right? Period. <clears throat> so at the time, 10, 12 years ago, whatever it was, there was, and they still have the Fusion Film Festival side, right. which is their people of color side, their BIPOC or whatever they call mm-hmm. it, right? My argument was this, because I'd been several times, and I was like, why are we just seeing white films up here? Mm. Oh, the people of color films are over there. No. They flat out said that? No, that's what but I that's was what reading. Is. That's, oh, that's what it I'm, is. That's what still it's doing. It's just that. what it fucking was. And I was going, so they brought me in, and I was like, "Uh, yeah, but what about oh no but you know no you guys get to celebrate this and you know what i mean Mm -hmm. those are for film they had all these bad excuses and i just kept saying i'm sorry if you why aren't we all in the same festival why do you need to have another festival that's the problem i have that that
2: becomes this big discussion which i mean networks are still doing you know it's like we anyways but Are we celebrating by giving equity and giving like a whole new platform for, you know, voices of color and whatnot? Or are we actually just segregating? Are we celebrating or segregating? And what are we actually doing here? Because are we too afraid to let that whole festival actually be truly diversified? Yeah. So we ha- you know, it's just, yeah. it's,
1: but it's a miscommunication too. They don't like, The relate. point is
2: celebration. They but don't it relate. Segregation. Think about it. You know, you go,
1: you go to the outfit. This is what used to happen. I haven't been in years, so I actually. Loved, <clears> I went a lot. I went last please year. Please know nice. that I'm looking at what happened before. So yeah, let's just course, be clear. Last year's outfit was really. It awesome. used to be damn there. Every film was about two little twink white boys. Ah, uh, you know so what I mean. Boring. And personally, I'm attracted Sometimes to I'm older Italian. guys. So mm-hmm. <laughs> personally, <laughs> I'm attracted to the older guys, and I don't care about two little twenty year olds kissing. So that's just me. Now, I guess what I'm realizing, actually just sitting here talking to you guys, I am probably more known for being more pro-black than I am for being the gay side. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, if there's something Interesting. black killer, do you want to come talk on this? Do you want to whatever? But when it's gay, like, people don't even remember that I'm the black gay dude who fucking is the mm. co-chair of the black committee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, it's like over there. So I'm wondering if it's me. You know what's so
4: funny? Something that I've noticed going off of your point with my own identity mm-hmm. uh being, you we know, are black. You know. yeah. yeah, I feel that just because of the way that I'm packaged and the way that my voice sounds, and you know, even my
1: he friend, just whipped it out, y'all. He you just
4: show Like, let y'all. me, let me, <laughs>
1: let me paint a picture. He, just, uh, he just threw it yeah. on the <laughs> he threw it on the table, and the ball, the, the the table started moving like <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> let me
4: just let me let me let me like set the page interior. Uh, but um, so yeah, I feel that. I've gotten the access that I've gotten because my gay side, the gay part of my identity, makes me palatable, palatable mm. to white people who don't know how to engage Yo, with my blackness. Yes. I feel that a lot they of They relate more to yes. that. They relate more it to that. It softens mm-hmm. it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. Softens it. You mm. know, and then when I say something that's super black, they're like, oh, oh, you know, Charlie, we're, we're, we're cool. Yes, bitch, we see you. I'm like, but do you really, bitch? You know, uh, so it just. It's and what so- they fail to notice
2: is so much of gay culture and. I can. I could write a thesis about please, the yas queenification of yeah. gay culture. You know, is from black How much black did we start?
1: Is, yeah, oh, <laughs> this whole world would be fucked without black gay. Men. It would be. Let's it fight. really would. We would have
2: no culture. Excuse yeah. me. Which brings me back to the riz levels that you're bringing in, yeah. because everyone's like, "Oh, they're the interesting ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, that they people have the, those those people have voices. Those right. people are interesting. Let me go. Let me go and find out what they're up to. Right. What do you? Mm-hmm. And that is. What being black and queer is, you yes. will always be that person. And I think that's magic, but it also gets annoying. But, but, but what you keep going, Charlie. Keep no, going, no, no, Charlie. It, gets,
4: like, it gets annoying. And you know what's so funny? I always felt when I was in white spaces. And Ooh. as somebody who's empathic, I think that the thing that we don't know about being. You got uh, superpowers queer, just, so quick, you know. just being superpowers <laughs> be, on X Men, you know, <laughs> my Jean Gray shit. Uh, so I. Because we have to really be aware of our surroundings Mm -hmm. and we have to be hypervigilant, I feel that that mutates into a form of empathy. So when we're in all white spaces, sometimes we don't know where we begin and the discomfort of others ends. Like one of my biggest sticking points when I was in large white spaces Mm -hmm. is that I thought... Why do I feel socially awkward in these situations, but in other spaces, I feel free, I feel powerful. Mm, Oh, Charlie, it's because you're so deeply empathetic that on a subconscious level, you're absorbing the discomfort of other Other, people, not knowing how to handle you being a unicorn (laughs) taking that on as your own. Mm. But what you really need to be doing is with your third eye, just... Not my problem. <laughs> Doing you and moving Lizers. through this space, however I, you I need really to.
2: needed to hear that. Yeah. Thank you for putting that into words.
4: It's been my. It took years. Yeah. Years. Yeah. yeah. Well, Riz. Let me, Riz, let, me Riz, let me ask you guys. Baby. Let's
1: get to some writing stuff a little bit. Yeah. So. What was your, your your opening? What got you to your first show? Or have you been on the same show are you on you did um, two shows? Yes,
4: Poker Face was my <clears throat> second show. Okay. I did another show. My career kicked off at a very interesting time right as the pandemic started. Uh-huh. I got my first staffing gig month two of the pandemic. How did, and it, how did that come about? It came about through me... Um, Doing a script. Well, first, two things happen. I did my own version of Awkward Black Girl, Mm. where I uh, acted, produced, and wrote it. It was about a queer black man's journey to realizing and coming to find self-love after he's diagnosed with HIV. Mm. But I wanted to tell an upbeat story about Mm. being HIV positive. So rather than him screaming to the sky, he frames it as a video game and he goes into his head and when he doesn't know how to articulate himself or speak out loud, the scream would just pause <laughs> and then a weapons bar would pop up underneath <laughs> him and he would choose how to engage and then we select cool. one and then he would go on. So he didn't know how to be himself and the season finale was us getting rid of that and having him finally speak his truth. Without so the video game. Without device. the video game, you know, device. So that got me my first manager. Okay. And then I wrote a script that got me into my first room called Brooklyn So Dead. <laughs> it was uh, Buffy the vampire slayer, but nice. with the queer black man. Oh, so during the day he was a real estate agent in Brooklyn, but by night he was killing white vampires who were v- trying to <laughs> gentrify <laughs> his neighborhood. <laughs>
3: So, okay. I read this yes. yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: brooklyn so dead That's oh my god funny. which is what i've wanted to write since i was a little boy massive buffy fan got me into a room uh a show for amazon studios called middle west about black boys who are going missing in gary indiana mm-hmm. but because of the juxtaposition of you know what was happening with blm and with the pandemic the show didn't get picked yeah. up yeah. which i'm not that wasn't the time for that. It wasn't the time. Yeah. I agree with them yeah, for even that. Even though
2: it probably was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah,
4: thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how I got staffed in my first room but it took years it took years of me finally stepping into myself and writing brooklyn so dead and mm-hmm. having that be like my fingerprint of this is who i am you get the action i love action. You probably still
1: use it as a sample now yes yeah. yes yes yeah.
4: It, it's gotten me so far but uh yeah that's how i got staffed my first time and it also led to
2: poker face
1: nice, nice. that's dope. nice and how did you get to roadmap writers how did that come about um what do you do over there so mm-hmm. I'm with
2: the director of access programs over at Roadmap Writers. So I'm working with dozens of writers every month on developing their material, and um, you know, trying to bring them the skills and experiences of being able to pitch themselves and jump into this industry in an authentic way.
1: Like, right? what was your background that helped you get that? But event? helping
2: going to I actually studied with Roadmap first, oh, and you, okay. um, I met my manager mm-hmm. through Roadmap mm-hmm. first over at Cartel, and mm-hmm. I adore her and Who are you um, with at Cartel? Audrey Knox. Oh, okay. You know, Audrey. Yeah. Um, obsessed with her. She mm-hmm. gets she gets exact it's so nice to talk to someone who gets what you're going for long term yeah you know what i mean like we're in the beginning of my career so things are slow you know and obviously we're striking but like she understands exactly what i want in 10 years Mm -hmm. and i think she like with really long game which i really love um anyway so i actually met my manager um through roadmap doing like a rewrite class you know they have these two-week classes where you just hop on in and Mm -hmm. you know you have an exec or a lit manager or um a working writer um just give you a a notes pass, right? If your script and then they give you two weeks, you rewrite it and they give you another notes pass. So it's a great little class and I met my manager doing that. And um, then I started going on meetings and I went, oh motherfucker! I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. I don't know how to talk about my project. I was like, I have some great for stuff, but I don't know how to do this. And I was like, did I get rep too soon? Am mm. I going on these meetings too soon? Oh shit! And I said, okay, great. I'm gonna. I enrolled in the program that I now teach at Roadmap. Fuck it. Um, uh, so I enrolled in the program to learn how to pitch myself, how yeah. to pitch my projects. And um, the COO over there, who's a good friend of mine now, Dorian. Um, she was my coach for two months, and then she hired me. And I was like, great, here we are. And now I teach it, and I'm grateful. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I would be remiss to not acknowledge that my current employment was such a pinnacle part of me becoming a career writer, not a hobby writer. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. up to that point before, you know, it was just really, it was really nice to work with initiatives like Hollywood Here and just, Mm -hmm. you know, all these great initiatives um, that were meant to help black voices be read. As simple as just having your shit read, right? Right. So I met some really awesome showrunners, had some really great showrunner assistant interviews, and just like meeting people was really valuable to me um, because it gave me affirmation that, oh, this is where I belong. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm, oh, all like, okay, great, great top 30 showrunners of Hollywood reading my stuff and actually having similar language to me Mm -hmm. and me going, oh, okay. I've been in the wrong spaces. Mm, There's some vocabulary here that is all of a sudden making sense. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like working with some people who um, just are attracting me into this industry. So anyway, long story short, um, yeah, I'm still at Roadmap. And that's where I met you two beautiful Mm -hmm. folks who did a great panel with me this week. Um, I met you months ago. But yeah, yeah, what was the question?
1: I am just asking, how did you... (laughs) How did you get to? Ro- I was asking how did you get to Roadmap and like what brought you to the position that you're in because I wasn't totally, sure. Totally. I wasn't sure if you moved to LA and then you took the job. But you no, know, I was, was I was doing the I enrolled in
2: the program while I was on tour with Come okay. From Away, okay. And while I was on tour, I was doing classes whenever shows were you know whenever I didn't have to be at the show, um, and then. I, my last month of tour, getting the employment in L.A. was part of the convincer that I was ready to move here because I wasn't about to come here without money. Coming through. You know what I'm I saying? Know, that's right. I was not about to do that. Here's
1: the interesting thing, though. I usually ask people at some point, how much money you I knew you were going to ask me. I knew you. Here's why.
2: <laughs> Wait, what was your question? I
1: usually ask my guests, depending on I could tell whether yeah. or not they came here with a dollar or three or four million dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's the reason why. Most of us move here thinking we need $20,000 in our pocket before we move here. Mm-hmm. The truth is, the majority of people move here with less than $5,000 in the pocket. I moved here with $1,600, I think, something like that, in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: um, it's about so how bad do you want it's it. It's how bad you want it. But ready for this? Um, so. I- I had to buy a car, my first car ever, because I grew up in New York and lived in the East Coast and I just never needed a car. Um, So I bought my first car, you know, cheap little little hoopty. Could you drive? I could drive. I learned to drive in Pennsylvania. (laughs) You bitches in New York. I I I, I went to high school in Pennsylvania. I went to an arts high school in Pennsylvania. That's where I learned to drive. Okay. um, So buying the car emptied me out, but I moved here on a Thursday and I looked at my bank account on Saturday and I had $129 to my name. Oh, man. So that's what I say. See, I moved to LA. That I love. It was rough. And you're still here. It was a. Re- that's girl. what I'm talking about. Go ahead. I don't know how I'm still here. It was but. very.
4: I came here for grad school, so I was coming here with a purpose. Where'd and you I, go? Where'd you go? I went to the New York Film Academy okay, in so. LA because I wanted to confuse people. Is that still here? It is. No, it they is free, right? they okay. advertise the shit out of okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. I think. I had to take out loans. Mm. I had to take out loans. I had just finished undergrad, mm. so I graduated from college. I went to upstate New York, SUNY Plattsburgh and I was not about to move back in with my parents. I was like, I am sexually active now. I will not be living. What you
1: gonna taste of the D. <laughs> what you gonna taste of the D? I was like,
4: I'll be gone hi mom. I was like, I was like, mom, tap tap tap. I'm moving to L.A. Yeah, a, <laughs> she better. knew what that meant. Yes. She said, like, you a hoe. She's <laughs> like, you's a hoe. Uh, but so you're a writer. They, yeah, but you're Writers a writer. Writers can be sexy, too. They can, they can. Uh, so I moved. Okay, boom, uh, toy uh, Joe. To, oh, come on. Uh, you, you, <laughs> thank you for thank
2: you for lugging it. Thank yeah.
4: <laughs> so, But then when I finished grad school, I scrambled to mm. figure out money i had to move into thank god for this apartment that i had this apartment that i i think it was a blessing sent from above i would not have lasted in la without mm-hmm. this apartment i found a rent-controlled apartment on oh, hollywood wow. boulevard uh on hollywood and kingsley mm-hmm. a studio apartment for 845 dollars wow. and i held on to that from twenty fourteen to just last year. Yeah. Wow. I am just now moving to an apartment which is Oh now he using that out of money. Look yeah, at that. Hey, and 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 I, I said mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change apartments on my first staffing gig. No. It's gonna be my second one once I have yep. saved a little bit more Sorry. and I've figured
1: it out. Story out of the money look a lot better. That's all it. It does, saying. it does. I
4: was like I was yeah. like I was like, can I can I? my God I was yeah. going to say the N-word out of myself. <laughs> but
1: yeah, it was like, can I get a script
4: fee? Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. but um, yeah. So I throw it out every once in a
1: while. Yeah. But it's usually like, you know how niggas are. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, can nigga get a shit script fee? Uh, but yeah, that's been my journey. And it mm-hmm. was, I struggled. I told you, juggling five jobs. I also had to, yeah. I got into community organizing mm-hmm. at one point, also as another side hustle because they tried to, Raise the rent on my rent controlled apartment and building up by, I think, 45%. Damn. They tried to do that. So I got into community organizing, None of
2: that.
4: got the city involved, got in touch with like some city council members. We got on the news. We did like phone banking. Gotcha. We did so much shit and we ended up getting the rent increase knocked down to just like, I think, two or three percent you know so that was my entry into working with the unhoused community for a second and that became a job that I had for which I'm still very passionate about for a year Mm -hmm. and some change just Mm -hmm. working with uh queer people and black people who are unhoused and trans people who are unhoused and just really giving to that community my journey's been nutty no that's great. good for you thank you for doing that yeah definitely
1: one of the things I was just thinking about was we were talking earlier about experiences as you grow and how there's things you didn't like at first and there's things you like now and it reminds me of what you're talking about is <clears throat> all those experiences you have like like for example and you we've all done this you've met a writer and they're told you a part of the story that they thought wasn't interesting mm. and that's the thing you leaned into mm-hmm. like they didn't think anybody would care that they did community service mm. but they didn't realize we have a character who does community service? You see what I'm saying? Right, right, it's like right. little shit like that. So I always tell everybody, and this was a lesson I learned. The thing that I think you don't want to know the most is the thing you have to actually tell people. Wow. That's the thing. So you might be afraid. Oh, I don't want people to know my mom's an alcoholic. No bitch, talk about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, I don't want people to know that I have this disease or that I'm disabled in this kind of way. No, lean on that thing. But also talk about the positive side of it. Because of that, it made it so I could do this. Mm-hmm. Your biggest because
2: insecurity of- is most often your most powerful that's, that's superpower. The thing. Yeah. And,
1: and that's the thing that I found is it somebody who's heard hundreds of pitches, I'm constantly going, the tie-in, what's the tie in? How do you tie this into yourself? So many people are going, Oh, I have then you know this from pitching. So many people are going, Oh, you know, I have this pitch about this kid who blah 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 and I'm sitting there going, Why you? Why today?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What the hell? They didn't go My sister has a, my nephew is just like this kid. Imagine a kid who blah, 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 they're Mm, not tying it in. And so the thing that people don't realize, and I say this a lot on my show, it's unfortunate, but it's a real thing. Most companies have a deal with said studio network or whatever, right? They have an overall at somewhere. So their mandate is a certain thing. And they also have friendships with all the other showrunners who also have a deal at that company. right? So they all talk to each other. They all tell me this from somebody who just came from being <laughs> running this big company. This is what happens. So if you come in and you pitch me a project with no tie-in, I go, boy, I met this kid Tristan yesterday. I think he'd probably be dope to write this thing. Yeah, Even I mean, though you came in and pitched would be. it to me. Mm. He would be. Yeah, <laughs> you see could. what I mean? <laughs> because he told me his point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He told me his tie-in, and I'm going, oh, but he writes characters that are like really, really out there and blah, blah, blah. You told me an out there story, but you just told me a story? Mm-hmm. I'm going, I bet he could write it. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you lose your shit.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Instead of going, because when I was this age or whatever the thing happened to me, I write stories like this. Right. Twix the characters who blah, 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 blah. My story's about a character who... Bah, 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 bah. Now I'm going, oh, this dude's got 20 other ideas. Right. Tell me, that, yeah, I was about to
2: say, tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel yeah. like what that's saying is even if this flops, we got something on the back burner yeah. with yes. the same team ready to go. Like I feel like that's what's actually being asked yeah. sometimes when it's like, oh, I'm going with the person with the voice yeah. because I know that if this flops, because it probably will. Stop. If this doesn't get green light, which it probably won't, there's something else we're working on ready to get even, more money. Even, you know? even a step
1: further than that is, and I've said this many times, is... You may come in with a pitch all excited thinking you're going to sell a pitch because it's such and such a showrunner. And you just saw their last show. This would be perfect for them. You forget we have 16 other things on our mm-hmm. slate.
3: Mm-hmm. So what's
1: going to make me stop right. to do your project? Instead, I'm going, I got 16 things on a slate. I'm trying to see which one of these writers who came in can write one of those. Yeah. I, yep. I only read your script to see that you could write. You know why you have the script? Not that I wanted to buy your script. That's what people don't realize. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
2: You have an audition mentality when it comes it's to... A position, and it's, yes. it's, it's a real thing. Yes. That's why a lot of actors, I think, do really well yeah. when pitching material yeah. or when writing. And that's why so many actors break you in. You take the pressure off Issa yourself. Reddy, we have Rami. Like we have yes. these people who are just breaking in because it's their yeah. story and there's no pressure on it. No pressure. And I think there's just something to be said about your yes. experience leading to all those skills. Yeah, it's Absolutely. true. It's yeah. true. And you keep
1: honing it and you keep doing it. Here's an example. One of the things... Here's a pet peeve I have during pitching. So we get to the characters, right? They're like, and here's our hero. He's 23. He's blah, 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 blah. And then there's another character. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm just sitting there going, I don't even remember what that character's name was. What's the point? Why am I listening? So what I'll do is I'll just jump to the pilot. After I've set it all up, the world, the theme, the tone and all that stuff, and I'll go, let's jump to the pilot. We open like this. Here's the teaser. Boom. This, this happens, you know, we come in on a car crash, and bam, 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 and I'll just start, right? Mm-hmm. As we go through the story, we start to meet these characters. Here's our hero. He's the one driving the car, right? Boom, and I'll just, you see what I mean?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm, I'm saying it contact. as yeah. we go along, we're meeting, so you're keeping in your head who's who. Mm-hmm. Not, here's a whole paragraph yeah. about this fucking character. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping it as I go along with the pilot, as you meet the characters and then boom we come over the hill there's a cliffhanger here the person who shot the thing we zoom in that's the bad guy right <laughs> you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. let me tell you about this motherfucker and I'll go in right And but I'm doing it through story yeah right he's the one who did blah 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 he set up the whole thing that does this and this so now this chase scene is about blah blah blah, blah. we end with this we think he's going to get away. Oh, well, no, this motherfucker is still after him. Boom. You know what I mean? I'm the, talking to you. The buyer to wants you. to
2: feel it like the consumer would. Exactly. Because that's how it's going to sell to the exactly. consumer, right? So it's like if you have... Context, mm-hmm. yeah. visual storytelling, yeah. like yeah. showing, not telling. Like, don't tell me about the damn characters. Show me what they're like. Show me in yeah. the context of the pilot. Talk Absolutely. to me
4: like I'm your best friend. Yeah. Which is
2: a great mm. mentality
4: because mm. when you have a story of a night out that you had, you don't start by saying, oh, so before I get into this story, I ran into this person, this person, this person, this person. <laughs> no. Are you with You just going. Exactly my point. Oh my God. So this bitch spilled a drink on me. And yeah. then I ran into get some napkins. Mm. Oh my God. That bartender is really cute. But mm. when I didn't realize is that I used to date his brother, so mm-hmm. that created some conflicts when they took me home. You know, just yep. very it's still characters. Still, still character,
2: character yeah. but just With dramatic storytelling. Yeah, yeah just reveals yeah. here and there, yeah. going through the
4: flow. You can of still the say
1: they want. You know, yep. we meet this character; he's determined to do such and such and such. The whole we pilot who is: will he or she do this? Yes. You know what I mean? And as we go through these things, first obstacle is going to be like this: boom, boom. We come to this thing. Yeah, you know. The next mm-hmm. thing we know, he meets his girl. He thinks she's perfect. Mm-hmm. Turns out this is trying to get his money whatever the fuck it is you're just having that conversation with them and it's not all like beat to beat to beat to beat when i write a pitch it's just
2: how often do you like when you're pitching how often do you completely go off what you're you're expected to say yeah every single time
1: because here's why you may have practiced this pitch perfectly for hbo but then they get Mm -hmm. you a meeting at
2: Fox. They don't want to hear the same thing.
1: It's going to be a different tone. Yeah. So I got to go, oh, I can't even use all that stuff I was going to do. Okay. Oh, okay. I got it. Mm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I got to tone that down a little bit. So mm. instead of this, it's that. Right. It's just, I have to shift the tone a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some of the things still happen the same way. You're still meeting the same characters, but uh, something that's on Fox or on ABC may be a little bit less aggressive or less um uh, what's the word racy uh, uh, or yeah, yeah racy yeah, yeah, yeah. or you know what I mean dark mm-hmm. now, I tend to write dark Gritty. things mm-hmm. so it may be less dark, so I'll lighten it up a little bit, and when you do that, the tone has to change yeah you see what a I mean? lot of
2: early career writers don't. Put that context of who they're in a right. meeting with, who they're talking to, affecting the tone of their pitch or right. the tone of what they're what they're talking about story wise. I think that's and, a, a great point. And,
1: yeah, and 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 those of you who've written a pitch or put together a deck with your pitch stuff on it, you know, visual deck, they're two different things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a lot of times people will come in and pitch. And I could tell they memorized Their the, the, the thing See, that exactly. they wrote.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing you
1: wrote is not how you talk. That's mm-hmm. static,
4: though. That's very just...
1: It's generic. It's mm-hmm. it's almost uh, formulaic, chemically. What's very the word? much. You know what I mean? Much. It's canned. It's, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's like, whereas you would say, for example, we meet, you know, John, he's 16 and blah, 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 blah in when you talk about it yeah. you might say there's this like, character named John you know how when Denzel was such and mm-hmm. such it's that motherfucker that's when you're talking that's how you talk
4: absolutely yes. but when
1: you generically yes. write it it's it's, you know it's formulaic on the page it's clinical clinical it's, yeah. that's the word yeah, I, I want it's clinical mm-hmm. so that's why I always say when people come in I could tell either they've practiced it clinically yeah. or they've read it and embraced it and just told me the story. And
4: that's another thing about pitching that doesn't get spoken about mm-hmm. enough personality yeah. because you're not just selling your project. You're selling you. Are these people going to want to spend time with you right. going through that process of getting the show made? I think the person to person should always be a notch above the story because if you're able to connect with them on those points of just, that's why I like to, I got to, I promise this is going to connect back. I like to start on a general question. Always.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, always pose, exec- I always pose. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I always pose a um, a stat. Yes. You know, and what I mean is I might say. Did you know this This, this percentage of people? Yeah. You have a, yeah. Yeah, because I, and it's, it's just something to put in, your, in yeah. your thought. Did you ever know that such and such and such and such? What if I was to tell you blah, 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 blah? That's what my story is. That's ends. my story. <laughs> my story is about a guy who's such and such yeah. and such and such. Mm-hmm. But wait for this. And then I'll go in. Mm-hmm. Remember I told you about, and I'll come back later on. Remember I told you about the stat of there's 300 men who blah, 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 blah. Watch this. Boom, 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 boom. And I'll jump in again. And I'll come back to the end and I'll bring it all together. It's called book ends. It's I'll yeah. bring yeah. it all. I, in do it in in yes, I do it in threes. Everything's in threes. Yes, it in threes. It's story structure. Or, so
4: it's <laughs> yes, bouncing off of that. Even doing that and framing that stat or that question to put them in the mindset of the main character I remember when I was pitching a Mm rom-com it was so fun Mm -hmm. Uh, it was kind of like a love Simon-esque story and I opened it up by being like remember the first time you fell in love I do that a lot you know like Mm -hmm. and then the execs the looks on their faces they were just like
2: just some thinking is you way know to just them
4: thinking you know because they're engaged you know and it's like because you know what that felt like right so when simon you know so i think that that's a good way mm-hmm. to always pull the exec back in because on their end of things they have 15 zooms 20 zooms that they're jumping yep. into so you really want to treat them like you've known them your entire life mm-hmm. when you're pitching to that it's almost a little like um and I waited tables for a while, and the art of waiting tables gives you skills in pitching. Yes, it because does. as a waiter, it's your job to get them to trust you mm-hmm. as quickly as possible. Get them to trust you and get them to uh, have them have confidence that you can take care of them. Right. You know, so
1: I think that those skills are also transferable sure. to uh, just sure. pitching. Totally, totally agree. Hundred percent. Totally agree. Um. Yeah, I mean, pitching is, is, is definitely a craft, but here's interesting. Thing. We were talking about acting a moment ago. Yeah. I've been talking about this as of late. So ever since Hamilton came out, I've been on this, God, I missed the theater thing. And you and I know, both know from doing musical theater, if you don't practice singing, You're you got to start over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And doing YouTube, forgive me. Um, it's with that Lion King callback, you know. Don't don't think we did forget about that a little simple fucker <laughs> trying to
2: sneak
3: <think> it <laughs> in.
2: <laughs> I could not be king. You couldn't wait.
4: Uh, you could yeah. wait. You couldn't wait. They to were like, king. "That you gon' wait? Go wait to be king." <laughs>
3: I've
1: been missing. I've been missing. All of a sudden, like we've been going, like all of our tickets for our shows have just like popped up every mm. other month, like, and we're going to a lot of shows again, and I'm missing being on the stage, and I haven't missed it in forever. Mm-hmm. I'll just go and be like, oh, that was cute, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And and now I'm watching the dancers on the stage going, oh, I would have killed that. Oh, I would have did this. Like, I'm doing all that. You know, that yeah. that thing again. Mm. And my husband's like, well, why don't you? And I'm like, Ugh. we go, We can figure something out for you, Hillier." You know, the only thing that I don't want <laughs> to do, this. the only thing I don't want to do, here's the strange part. Having sat behind hundreds of casting mm-hmm. sessions, mm-hmm. I think I would kill it in an audition now, because now I know what the problems are. Mm. But I don't want to audition. The culture of auditioning is why a lot of people leave acting. Yeah. Not, I used yeah. to love auditioning. I'm the same way. Now I'm like, oh, I'm the exact God. same way. Auditioning? And I think it's part of the... Remember you were saying you realized you wanted to be... I want to attract and uh, not chase? Uh, it, was it that? It was, I thought Before you said something out. about, and forgive me if I'm thinking Please. wrong, um, when you realized you wanted to be the one in charge it was mm, something mm-hmm, you didn't mm-hmm. use the word in charge yeah, 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 yeah. Re- um, you wanted to be the showrunner just, or whatever just tell the
2: story i want to i want to yes i know exactly you know what you're talking about. like yes. you want to direct yes. right yes. that's my, my problem i have a voice to offer that's my problem m- m- creative, I, i've yes. been
1: back here so long yeah to come in is like yeah it's yeah. weird for me well you know
2: what i so charlie you were talking earlier like i wake up every morning and i think about writing right, right? i I know I'm a multi-hyphenate because sometimes it's not writing. Sometimes Mm. it's storytelling on a greater part of things. So so I get really passionate about working on other people's shit. I get really passionate about playing a role. I get really passionate about directing. But I'm like, oh, I wouldn't want to write that, but I want to direct that. And I see the visuals for that. you know. So I wake up and it's a different... It's all entertainment. It's all storytelling. But sometimes it's different. So sometimes how I'm kind of moving through the space whenever I'm in the acting track is... I'm coming through something in it because I want something out of this experience mm-hmm. and girl, let me tell you, every time I'm acting in something, I change the whole experience for the whole show <laughs> and I end up pseudo-directing by accident mm. simply by offering well, we have a similar simply by offering what you have to offer yes. as an actor, right. you know, by elevating the vibration in the room because of how seriously you take it yeah. or what you're backing on. Mm-hmm. So I used um, to always
1: end up kind of co-choreographing some just, show. It, it
2: happens. It they, just they love the way happens. I did it or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's how yeah. you're like, oh, I'm a multi-hyphenate on the greater scale of things. That's mm-hmm. why you run rooms. That's like, mm-hmm. oh, I have skills that tra- traverse just this one right. hat that I have on. Right. Um, I don't know if that was on track with what you were just saying, but w- my point of the story is we're going to yeah. find something theater for you to do, Hilliard. I, I don't know. See we'll you. see.
1: We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, like, my, my co-host, Chris, is directing some shows. He was going to do Top Dog um, at Beverly Hills Playhouse, and then they brought it back to Top Broadway, Dog, like the Top Dog? The one that's on Broadway. Oh, okay. I didn't know and um, they brought it back to Broadway. They didn't want it to be anywhere else. Mm. So he was, And I was literally going to go. You know I want to be Most Def's character, so nah, I'm like going audition happen. for that. Yeah. I probably would have, you know what I mean, just because something like that. Um... Yeah, I don't even know where the fuck I'm But this going. is how you know, but
2: you're like, oh, well, there's more, I'm not just, one, one would never just anything, yeah. right? No. When never just anything, but. There's how, a lot of know, people have, who
1: think they're just an actor man. or a writer or a model or whatever the fuck, though. A yeah, lot of people do. I don't know. I don't I, know if can't it's what be you, to you do, but you it's can't why you're to.
2: doing it. Yeah. It's not what you're doing, it's why you're
4: doing it. Great. So, fun thing, this is why I love LA, because there are so many interesting things going on. Have you ever heard of Learn the Words, Bitch, at Akbar?
2: Never. Is it is this a RuPaul thing?
4: Like, uh, no, no, it's mask mask mask. it's like, it's a lip sync <laughs> competition mm. where you get in and there's only ten slots. You go and you have to put your name into a slot and you come with a full performance and you <laughs> put a mix together. That's fun. And it's so funny because that's something that I really enjoy doing just mm-hmm. because it feeds my inner child. That's good. I uh, there's this. You better invite me next then, time Yeah, we go. I'll invite you. I'll invite you. There's this idea in my head to do an ode to sister act as told <laughs> through Beyonce's Renaissance. Oh, buddy. So it starts off with her just being really bad in Catholic school. They're like, do you have any idea what you'll become? Then partition starts and that becomes a part.
3: <laughs> then she becomes
4: a nun and they're like, you're Sister Mary Claren- Clarence now. And then we go into church girl off of Renaissance and backup oh, dancers come in. But just stuff like
2: that—the pure joy yes. of just why are jumping you doing in, it? Why are you doing the storytelling you're doing? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's, it's just fun. yes, it's just just fun. Let me ask you a question, Tristan. So, have you directed anything on film?
2: So. I'm working on something independently produced Good. as my first attempt to do such a thing. Good, because I never went to film school. I went <clears> to <throat> acting school, and then you i just doing just a short. A um, yeah, I think yeah. We were just doing proof of concept. Yeah, a you pilot. got you got to
1: practice something exactly, small,
2: exactly, just to get your wet. Um, but I've direct pl- directed plenty of times in the off Broadway world, mm-hmm. and just plenty of times in New York on stage. Right. Um, but I'm very excited for the opportunity to direct and right. have and and hone those skills. So this proof of concept that I'm trying to film in the next year or so. Um, for like a it's like a half hour rom-com workplace Mm. Darren Starry kind of show and that's so not my brand but I'm co-writing it and they're having a good time doing it Um, and I'm trying to find places where I can celebrate love in all forms and I think the, the concept we've come up with which is like a rom-com in a bridal salon with mm-hmm. bridal consultants and we're going to film in my friend's bridal salon in a side that is like, so fucking dope yeah mm-hmm. i think it sounds i actually think it's going to people <clears throat> white ladies are going to fucking love it Do you yeah. know what i mean like it, it's it's so up the alley. <laughs> it's like if you like say Yes to the dress you are gonna be watching this um but anyway so that's gonna be my first attempt doing it because i now yeah i need to be i need to be honing that skill next
1: for sure is directing on the- film so there's an episode I did a couple, like about a month and a half ago with this woman named Kay Singleton. Mm-hmm. And she, listen to this episode. It's a really, really good one. She created a show on All Black Network <clears throat> called... I forgot. Confession, something like that. Okay, uh, Sorry, losing my thought Kay's on Kay's show on All Black, Kay Singleton. Yeah. So she talks... So those of you who know anything about the All Black Network, In essence, what they do, say they buy your show, they give you your your money to make the show, and you go off and make the show. Oh, nice. Which I love. However, you have a lot of stake in it. If you mess up, you have to pay it back. Covenant. Covenant. That's it. Forgive me. Um, And so, we talked about a lot of things that happened on her show that went wrong. Mm And the the, the show ended up turning out fine um, for her, but there were a lot of... Things behind the scenes in production big that old didn't go moments, well. Big so old I probably moments. spent forty-five minutes telling her if I produced it, here's what I would have done. Mm. And one of the things that I just want to give you thought, please, please, as you're about to go direct this project,
2: it's going to be a while till I'm actually doing it. But whatever, where, where we at?
1: Just be thinking like this. Mm-hmm. So what usually happens in a lower budget project, indie? Your friends will have a store, a house, an apartment. A car, whatever. Oh, you could use it, and you ride on. We could use my friend's thing. Mm -hmm. Your job, just because you're directing, don't mean you're not producing. Mm -hmm. You still have to do all your cross-checking. Yeah, you have to go to the location and not just look at it. Going, oh, I could shoot this. You have to go.
2: I'm a production designer. Where my angles? Where where, I'm shot? Not
1: only that. Forget, forget the shot part of it all. You have to go. How are we setting up production?
2: Thank you for that. Where's yes. the
1: truck gonna pull yeah. in to bring in the camera stuff? Yeah. Mm. Where are the actors gonna be? Do we have a space for them? Yeah. Right. Do we have? You see what I mean? Yes. If we did craft service, can we go in the back? Can we use the office for blah blah blah? You need permission. Because
2: I'm going to New York tonight. You need so permission. To see the space to this for next all, all of so this. this
1: Cross check them yeah. all. Because some people were like, "Oh, you can't do that. Oh, you can't do that." And you might already plan Ooh, we're inside of this dress thing and you know sometimes they have this going thing where we're I? gonna do this cool and they're gonna be like oh i didn't know you guys were you have to make sure that you talk to whoever owns the place and say we're gonna use this 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 we're gonna come in like this mm-hmm. all this stuff we're gonna move that over there we're gonna take photos of it before and show you see what I'm i mean right back to where you have worked. to put your producer hat on not the director hat on Thank when you, you go that. to scout
2: yeah, yeah.
1: You have to do them both, rather. Yes. You know what I mean? So be thinking about the production side. And you've been an actor. Mm -hmm. You know what it's like to see the production. So just put your hat on going, what are the logistics of this? How many people do we think are going to be here? And add another five or 10 people. Because Mm -hmm. when you do it, they're going to be like, the DP is going to go, I need another gaffer. I need another, you know what Mm I mean? To make it all work. And next thing you know, you have 10 more people. And the owner shows up Mm -hmm. and there's more people there. And they're like, I thought you said 12 people. And they're 26. yes you know what I mean? Yes. So one of the things that I always do is this: after we've worked out all the logistics with the manager, um, I also go out of my way to make sure that, like I said, the actors have a place. so say it's just an office in there. That would be where the actors get dressed. That. You know what I mean? Bring in one of those mirror things with the lights on it. it's cheap. You know what I mean? Bring mm-hmm. in a couple of directors' chairs for them to sit in. Let it still feel professional even though it's tiny. Mm-hmm. Those things, you can rent them for 15 bucks. You know what I mean? It's cheap, people don't know that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So there's so many things you can do to make it feel better. Pizza is not lunch. No, no. You know what I mean? I'm just talking out loud for the, it's not for you. People for, still give you pizza and Oh shit? God, yeah, you'd be surprised. Are you kidding me? Oh oh we ordered pizza no bitch that's second lunch that's yeah. second dinner <laughs> you know that's, what I mean? that's 11 yeah, o'clock that's at night OT. when we're stoned that's and OT. chilling mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. that's overtime food because yeah, we have that's, the Piji yeah, you late. know what I'm saying no that's interesting. not. interesting yeah. um, little things like that just be cognizant so that people don't just go he's just directing you need to come in there and say no I need to help you guys production wise yeah. so that I get what I need so that I can just focus mm. over here and not be worried yeah. about did they talk to the manager? Oh, there's more people than we thought. You know what I mean? All those things, you don't want to be worried about that. I'm, were you going to say that?
2: No, I'm just listening. Uh, all of the above. That's leadership, though, yeah. what you're talking about. That's you creating, are managing. creating a space. It's managing. Yes. And thank God I have so much managerial experience so much. To, to do exactly yeah. that. I appreciate the... Yes, thank you for all that. Because so, I'm literally looking at the space next week. Here's so. another
1: trick that I do. So say your friend who owns the shop... Mm-hmm. Say her manager's gonna open the door for you, but she's gonna pop in later. When she pops in, you need to be line over to her, let, let your assistant or whoever mm-hmm. get you a little PA, somebody mm-hmm. who's helping you. Let me know when she's here. She shows up. Because we need to respect the space. You need to respect the, p- the space. Yeah. Make sure it's organized, make sure it looks clean, you know what I mean? Whatever. It's, it's, it's a set. So it's gonna be disarrayed, right? A little bit. Let me just finish this a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that I do. So you have your video village, you have your headset, your your comps to put on, I would walk, go find her, take her over to get her a little coffee or whatever. This is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Either you do it, your assistant, somebody, if you're busy, whatever, somebody needs to go out of their way to be like, thank you, right? Bring them over to the video village. Put the thing. Let them listen. Let them get involved in it. Maybe there's a scene where she comes to the door and asks for something. Mm-hmm. Add them in the, so- in the shot. Yeah. Do a... Do a do be a part a, of this. Yeah. Do a, do a... Make sure you do a shot of the actual, you know, the, whatever it's called. The You know, the such and such bridal mm-hmm. shop. You know what I mean? Promise her all that production value. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that she could be excited about that. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know that, let's just say they're charging you $4,000 to rent it they might not charge you. Yeah. Because they had fun. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yes. Incorporate them. Those are the secrets that I started learning when I was producing all these independent projects. I was going, okay, I don't have the budget to do this, but what could, oh, if I was this, Mm -hmm. here's what I would want. Mm -hmm. So I always say, think like a fish when you're producing. You know, and the more you do the more people want to work with you you know what I mean your, your head actor comes go in the dressing room and talk to them Don't yeah. just be like wait till they come to the set and then you start no you go in there this is like into- this, yes.
2: a, do, how, how often do you find I'm curious you know you're talking to your friend Kay about the things that went wrong in that yeah. experience and you know and um, learning opportunities how often do you find like that is the core mistake of building an environment and a safe set for people to succeed the majority that's of time. the majority of time it's just the it's actually quite simple things yeah of touching base and like, making sure everyone's heard, felt, yeah. seen, um, taken care That's, of, supported. You have
1: to, be, a direct, you have to yeah. be an actor's director, which you're already yeah. an actor, yeah. absolutely. Yes. So you have to be an actor's director, a producer's director, you yes. have to be all of that. So and build a
2: team who gets on that same page. Yeah,
1: yeah. and you have right. such a great energy and great spirit. Thank you know you. what I mean? Thank you. Don't let anybody be disruptive. If they're mm. disruptive, you let them go now. Mm. You know what I mean? If, they, if, they, if they're great negative, advice. you let them go now. I've had to fire so many people. I got
2: to get that skill down. You have to cuz that's something I don't know how to Cause
1: do. I've had to do it Yeah, before. you keep I giving had them had chances yeah. and they just ruining it for everybody. Yeah. And
4: you can do it with love. You can just be like, Absolutely. "Hey, this isn't working out." Yeah. You know, and yeah. there can be a respect yeah. in that. I think that that especially when you are somebody who is generous of spirit and you're creating a project that mm-hmm. you really give a shit about, okay. you know? People probably won't be surprised if they are. People know when they're lacking. People yeah. know when they're lacking. They won't be surprised. And when it needs to happen, it needs to happen. Protect your <coughs> shit. Absolutely. The Thank other, you for that. Was, yes. the, other,
1: the other thing that I talk about, and I talk about all these things on that episode, by the way. But the other thing I want to give you game on is also this comes with your cast and with your DP, your, you know, your gaffers, whoever.
3: Right.
1: Everybody is willing to work if they need something so what i usually do with the dp for example i'll i'll look at the dp's reels and see because you'll you'll find two or three of them you really love and you'll be like it's one of these or Mm -hmm. this is my favorite or whatever and i will bring them in and i'll look at the script that we have and i'll be like oh they didn't we're shooting our scene like this they did they don't have anything like this on their reel this is why we can only afford to pay them two hundred dollars instead of five Mm -hmm. just throwing out a number by Mm -hmm. the way you know what i mean and then you you sell that to them you're like dude you are fucking dope i think you're amazing you know what i mean but don't you want
2: this kind of thing on your reel you yeah yeah yeah.
1: you know what i mean we need you we think you'd be awesome and we think we could you we could help you too but we only have 250 you know what i'm saying you know what i mean because you have to make them want to do it Otherwise, they're gonna be like, oh, I'm only getting two fifty a day for this thing, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Four hundred, whatever the yes. number is. And
2: everyone, ever yeah. I mean, all of us creatives want. That's why I do projects as well. Like yeah. I'm like, I need to add a skill or add yeah. something to my portfolio mm-hmm. or add. That's yeah. why I hop onto things. So you're yeah. very right. That's why I'm doing a rom com now. God, yeah. who knew? <laughs> who well, ever write a you bring you know? yourself to it, though. Exactly. You'll, you'll find ways. to... But I to, want to be able to write stuff like that. Yeah. So this is a really exciting. Um, Maybe one of the characters
1: project. has a little bit of your out their voice. Oh they do. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> oh they do. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Hell that's yeah.
4: wonderful. Oh yeah.
2: yeah. We gotta go fund me if anyone wants to, you know, help a bitch out with self-producing, figuring that shit out in the next year. Yeah, you can
1: put pro- yeah. hey, so you, you have it out now? Yes, yeah, yeah. I'll send it to you, we'll, it as, to you No, I mean at the end tell us what it is and we'll put okay, it word. word. It.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um
1: and what about you? You you want to get behind the screen in that way? Because I'm, did, were you able to produce any of your episodes? Uh, yes,
4: I was. I was. I produced. I co-directed. I wrote. I did that. That was a really cool, fun project. Yes. Awkward, oh you're, or, your, yeah, your 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 digital, video series. Video yeah, digital yeah, series. Yeah, the digital series that ended up getting me managed. Mm-hmm. I'm in the process right now of pre-production for this project that I'm really, really excited about. It's about a. Black trans woman who Ooh. has pyrokinetic abilities. Love.
1: Pyrokinetic. So abilities. she what can light it on fire with she, her mind. Like let, oh, We don't like, have that in the project. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> we
4: and what's what's yeah. really cool? What's <laughs> really cool about this is that she works at the same newspaper as a Superman-like figure, and they're having dinner together, talking about just their day and the transphobic shit that the paper is mm-hmm. producing, mm-hmm. and what the Clark Kent-like Figure is trying to suss out is how this black trans woman can use her voice in the space and how he can be of support to her. Mm. You know, so it's talking about how the greatest gift that you can have is empathy for somebody who's not like you. But what's really cool about the short film, it's called Stake Out. And I modeled it after an episode of Justice League Unlimited because I'm a really big nerd. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we also have a Batman. Did he have to say
1: that like we didn't know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: We also have (laughs) have a Batman and a Wonder Woman-like figure in the diner with them on the other end of it, just kind of sussing out the situation in case she just erupts or something happens in metropolis so mm-hmm. it's a very does it all
1: take place in the bar
4: all takes place in the bar love do you that. have the bar yet do no we're looking for the bar we're looking for the bar we had a location for it but it fell through so now we're trying to put that together to we'll oh cool your, thank yeah. you yeah it's very minimalist it's very down i, to I
1: love when people keep it like yours to, i'm interrupted i'm yeah. so sorry no, it's okay keep it um, what you need what's i like what's like like yours takes place in the bridal shop right mm-hmm. contained Mm-hmm. That's the way that you go when you're doing your first, you know, thing or two or three or whatever. Keep it contained, and then you start to blow it up a little bit more as you as you go along. You get bigger budgets and stuff like that. Yeah. But it, even then, doesn't mean it has to look small. Mm. You still can do things. You still can have a dolly shot. You still can do a drone over the building. You there's still things you can do to make it feel bigger than it is. Yeah, right? you know what I mean. So yeah. you still can. Yeah, you still can be clever. You're gonna direct that one to you that. Yes. Good.
2: That's yeah. exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. How, how much is it? How is it like a drama or are there, are there SFX, um, VFX kind of things? They're going to be very
4: minimalistic power? VFX. Like okay. when Marie, the black trans woman, is telling a lie about her experience, we're going to cut to uh, the Clark Kent-like figure using x-ray vision on her and seeing her heart skip a beat. Oh, to cute. just know that she's not telling the truth. Right. Cool, cool, uh, cool, cool, so, cool. little things like that.
2: Yeah. No, like lasers and
4: shit. Nah. Hand nah. All like very, very, subtle, nice, nice, very, very subtle. Very really, subtle. Yeah, like
1: that. Is it stuff you do in post or stuff you need, you need the VFX person on the uh, set?
4: It would be stuff that we did in post. Okay. Yeah. And even some stuff we would try to do practically. I know that there is a moment where he uses his super breath mm-hmm. on a piece of silverware that she unwittingly, like, Turns molten because she gets upset and leaves the table and we're gonna do a over-the-shoulder shot where he's like Looking to his left and his right and we see just a little bit of super breath come out of him mm. And then when we look at the fork, it's frozen and he just nice. slips into his pocket mm. So little very like like little cheats like, yes. little cheats like that. And I'm also that's a smart. Big nerd. That's
1: smart thinking That's, that's good. Good. Yeah, You're putting your producer hat on too. Thank you. Yeah, you know I mean? that's good. I like that See, I'm talking about the logistics side of producing, by the way, when I'm talking about it, because people don't think about it. They just picture what's on the screen, Mm -hmm. and they don't realize you got all these other things happening over here that you have to get ready for. That's why prep.
3: Mm -hmm. Like
1: you said, I love you guys said you're in prep now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You gotta be prepping. You can't just go, we're gonna shoot next weekend. Mm -mm. You gotta get prepped. You gotta plan these things. You gotta cast. And you you just
2: recently are putting on a producer hat instead of development hat as well. When did that kind of transition happen?
1: I've been producing since. You've always been producing, but
2: you, but I, you, I know you told me the other day you were like I'm not doing the d- development stuff. Oh no, part. that's just
1: at the job. Oh okay, I got it. Yeah, got it, got yeah, it, yeah. It, so it. I was the director of development at Blue Monday, which yeah. is Ben Watkins' company mm-hmm. for the last year, and we have a companion piece to our big Alex Cross show that we're doing, the big um, detective show mm-hmm. with Aldous Hodge, <clears throat> and um, so you know how some of the networks like The Walking Dead and The Extent, and like there's a couple shows that have these little they're almost like digital series that they do. Yes. So we're doing our version of that where it's almost like a half-hour episode of, but they're broken up like a Quibi series. Nice. So they're like five-minute pieces, like six-episode, five-minute pieces. So I'm running that show okay. That's cool. for that. And um, so we had to turn in the scripts on May 1st by midnight. So mm-hmm. literally at 1130, I was sending the scripts to Amazon. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, but yeah, me and... Um, Cheryl L. Bedford, we are the she's the the line, the line producer brought in. We got um, um, uh, three DPs who are going um, three um, directors who are going to direct three episodes, three three blocks, mm-hmm. you know, and they both will direct two episodes each. Nice and um, uh, yeah, so and so we're taking two of the characters from the show, supporting characters, building. We built a whole scenario around them and there are two bad guys, one's a guy, one's a girl, Mm -hmm. and it's like how they became the bad guy, bad girl. (gasps) I love world building like that.
3: That's so
2: good we talk about those last three hours of april the last day of april though because i feel like hollywood was crazy mm. i feel like they were phone- yeah, it was a wild i time. was in front of my the my, hours before i was the working Christ. like
1: crazy trying to get those <laughs> scripts together yeah i was reviewing the scripts and i was calling the, the act the was, director. Like, you could feel it in the air you know yeah. what i mean you could yeah. feel like oh my god there's
2: yeah. this stress in these last couple hours before the strike yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: and it's already
2: we're on
4: month.
1: Uh, Week 9. Week 9. Week, oh, my God. Yeah, this is... Go, actually going into week 10, because mm-hmm. today's... It's Saturday.
2: Yeah. So Monday.
1: So we might as well call it week 10. Yeah, week 10. And SAG, oh, God, SAG finally agreed to... You know Extends to keep to Extend it. Uh, I wasn't happy about that.
2: Yeah. But
1: that's a whole other story. <laughs> it's
2: just going to make everything go
3: longer.
1: Let it's me sense. ask you guys a question. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We're, we're, we're almost at two hours, but I don't care. This is how we do the show. Mm-hmm. It's a rant. Mm-hmm. I mean, if wait y'all got to go, we'll, we'll cut it. Okay. Let's get but done. here's all the dead. thing: I go first. <laughs> Let's get in there. This might be a two-parter. So look, <laughs> so we're in this climate. We're all in the strike. How are you guys doing with your health? Mental health? Yeah, I'm sorry. Your mental health. Thank you health, for asking.
2: That. thank you for asking that.
1: I would say that
4: what's really. I mean, y'all
1: looking pretty. Thank you. Pretty bitches, pretty bitches. (laughs) We win
4: by winning. (laughs) Uh, My mentality, just from having to really sweat and really work for a lot of the things that I've been fortunate enough to obtain for myself Mm -hmm. is that you can really, you can do what you need to do, but at the same time, you have to surrender to the reality of what's happening around you so what's really helped me release from my ego the writer's strike is happening yeah it will end once it's run its course it is out of my hands it's out of our hands i'm doing what i can i'm Mm -hmm. a strike captain at netflix i show up i pick it there you know i'm still keeping up the energy of like yeah let's get this strike to end but at the same time as a writer, it's my job to live. Period. It is my job to be living a... Speak to the kids. Yes. It, a life full of intellectual curiosity and of adventure and of new experiences. So this has been an experience for me to, as a workaholic, because I... I really appreciate the boundaries you have. Mm -hmm. I am not the person who will shut off my laptop. But you ain't married. More like you. you That's (laughs) true. I'm
3: not. I'm not. You you ain't got no puppies to take care of. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Freedom. Yeah.
4: You know. So. Just
1: walk around butt naked, <laughs> But naked. It's like I'm I got do that idea. while I'm married.
2: You. Thank you very much.
1: If while I, I got kids, it. thank you very much.
2: Celebrate the body. Celebrate the
4: body. We got yeah. the
1: videotape. <laughs> but yeah, that's
4: that's all. That's all that I'm oh. doing. Just releasing the reality, like surrendering to the reality of it's happening, and it's my job to live and. I go into every day just thinking, how can I be my most excellent self today, even if that's resting? Mm -hmm. How do I lead with love and positivity, and how do I also just look forward to other things that I want to do?
1: What about you, Tristan?
2: The question is, how was my mental health since the strike? I'm not going to lie, I had a really rough last month. Pride month was extremely... (laughs) Taxing. I had a whole mental breakdown about two weeks ago when mm. I'm gonna talk about See, it. Yeah, I know I
1: appreciate when people say because I'm gonna tell y'all some shit you ain't gonna believe, but it go was ahead.
2: it was um Yeah, yeah, I think May May finished up and then June May also brought me my new therapist. Shout out, love Good. you. Good. Love her. So I'm on a new therapeutic journey and like okay. my fourth or third I just anyway, I love being in therapy. Mm-hmm. Um so June brought out a lot of Um, purpose questions a lot of like what's what's the story I want to write you know what's my most excellent self look like Mm -hmm. and don't know if I was there in that moment Mm -hmm. so um, anyway with I'm speaking in vague vagities but um is that a word vagities? I like You it. know, language is a colloquialism. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think vagities. <laughs> you
1: know how yeah. yeah, I'm gonna start vag-y.
4: using that word. Yeah, I'm Shakespeare.
1: <laughs> um, Girl, <laughs> he was in vagities and stuff, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um,
2: but anyway, it was a really rough June, but I th- I'm just coming out of it, honestly, this week, to be completely good frank. Good for you. Um, just reigniting, and I'm trying to find this activation is the word I'm using. How do I activate in a time when you know, the reason I am uplifted my entire life to move cross-country <laughs> Mm-hmm. isn't happening and yeah. um, w- you know why did I do that oh I'm remembering oh that's not me oh I am not my work mm-hmm. I am me and this is what I love about Rashid Rashid mm-hmm. Newsom who's a friend of ours is mm-hmm. like he, t- he does not take himself seriously at all but, and I'm obsessed with him for this he's mm-hmm. like we're writing stories it's not that serious yep. and he's like this is not that you know it's not me that's not my life mm-hmm. that's what I do but it's not me and I and I adapt that from him and Um, He's somebody
1: married, two kids. He's like, I have a whole life. I have a whole life. Put (laughs) on a dress and say,
2: what? What are you going to do about it? Um, (laughs) And then I'll go to work and write. And I'll build my career and write. But that's not my life. So I'm trying to just make sure that um, even though so much of self bleeds into
1: career, Mm -hmm.
2: our career specifically, they're still two separate things. Um, that's not what my mental breakdown was about, that's that okay. was about a whole other thing, but that okay. surely served and, you
1: know, you again? know. Yeah, it <laughs> sure, surely served
2: as part I'm, of.
1: I'm saying as somebody, it's a dude or something, that's how I'm Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> But what about you, how was your, your health and all
2: this um, stuff?
1: So it's you interesting. you out there, baby, it's you out there showing the guns. It's interesting, so here's here's the thing. So, you made a comment when I came in, mm. a funny comment. About like my weights and stuff that I have in here so before I started working with Ben <clears throat> my normal day was I get up take the girls out or my husband does make my little protein shake go to the gym I'm here by noon it's late right but we don't get up to nine nine thirty now <laughs> I write I set my alarm and it goes off 45 minutes I stop I work out for ten minutes, I turn on whatever the music is that I'm blasting, and I change the tone. Mm -hmm. Because what I have on my screen is the script I'm writing, the outline for the next thing I'm writing, and then minimize out of all those scripts I've written, I'll just randomly pick one and be like, what's what can I add new to it today? Because my voice changes every year. Mm. You know, I might come into a character differently. I might do a transition differently. Yes. I might decide to bold shit or not. <laughs> whatever it is, I want to give it the new feel that I have today, right? And that, that has happened because I don't know how many times you guys have talked to a producer or manager or whatever, and they're like, oh, send me that thing. And you're like, fuck, I need a week. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. I want to be like, mm-hmm. here you go, Yeah, right? Because I've already fixed it two months yep. ago or whatever, the, right? Yep. So.
2: I try and do it every three months. I try and read every single script that I have that's mm. active every three months to make sure it's up to date. Clean my voice today. You'll stop doing that. Yeah, it. eventually you'll have too
1: many. You'll, I, got, you'll well, stop. I got like five, six, so it's not you'll, that many. You'll stop more because um, you're taking a lot of time to do that. You only need to focus on two or three of them that are just like solid, and then you'll move. And eventually, you won't even be like, "Oh, I can't stand that one." Mm-hmm. You'll just do it. It's just happens. not there yet. I love it. it just still. It's fine. You're still young. You're still young. So. I was saying this to say, so this is what happens. So I work out for ten minutes. I change. So now I'm working on something from the 1800s, for example. Mm-hmm. And now I'm listening to minstrel music. Mm-hmm. I want to be in the tone of whatever. Do you make is playlists for your projects? Oh yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. I love a playlist. A playlist. Yeah.
4: I love a playlist. It
1: just kind of keeps me going. And sometimes a song will come on. Like I can't just hear music. I got to listen to lyrics. T- yeah, you know oh, what I mean. Yeah. I got to hear people talk because for me, I'm like, oh, I like that word. I like how they said. Mm-hmm. Oh, that story about. That's a character who, like, I'm, I'm still, because I'm not at the coffee shop now. Mm-hmm. So I need the inspiration. If it's not from one of my paintings, if it's not from hearing people down there talking or whatever, I got to get it from something. So I need to hear the words, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll switch to the next thing. My alarm goes off. I work out, switch the music. Now it might be something today. Mm. Nice. You see what I mean? Now yeah. I might be playing Beyonce or Ti or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? I might be playing whatever. It might be the '60s, and I'm just listening to whatever. it Might be just reggae music. Whatever it is, is that, that your U time? What?
2: Like when you're working out and listen to whatever? No,
1: it's about um, you know people usually take a walk. Yeah, it's mm. my I'm it's taking a, power a walk. Cleanser. Okay, yeah, I'm not like nice. trying. To, I'm just supersetting, Boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. You know, just trying to keep my mind going because I once I'm here, I hardly ever go outside.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just
1: like a weird except for going to yeah. the bathroom. It's not that I can I just don't. You know what I mean? So, you know, my door's open. I'm in here. People walk by. I'm in here doing push-ups and shit. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: I love that. Yeah. So you're amazing.
1: But <laughs> 6 o'clock. I <laughs> love a regimen. Yeah. Got to oh, cool. go, bitch. I might be on a roll. I'll be like, every blue moon, I'll be like, okay, I'm in 10 more minutes. And then I'll, nope, oh, 10. Got to go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but if I'm on a deadline, if I'm doing an assignment, I will keep going. Yeah, You know, because I like to get through something fast and then spend a lot of time polishing it. That's a really good
4: mindset. That's That's a really good mindset. I'm learning to do that. One of the things, one of the obstacles that I'm overcoming right now is thinking that something that I write will never be good enough. Mm. And I think that that's that's something that we all struggle with. But I, and this also bleeds into my personal life cutting myself some more slack is something that I'm learning to do as a person and as a writer, and I did it, a voice popped into my head and kind of made it a little bit easier three weeks ago, like, Charlie, you're doing great. You're doing everything you need to do. Just release, let it go, and what's really another thing that's helped my mental health, yes and that, is thinking of things as challenges, Mm -hmm. not complaints that I have. Because if it's a challenge, I within me within Charlie have all the tools necessary to solve it and fix it. My only job is just to be present and surrender to the reality of what's happening to really, you know, put my mind toward solving it or Mm -hmm. turning it around. So that's also helped me on the journey that I'm
2: on right now.
1: Mm -hmm. So I was telling, I told you guys all that to preface to see what my normal day looks like.
2: That's your normal day. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that sounds very healthy.
1: The last year, staffing two shows, reading hundreds of scripts, uh, dealing with agents and networks and all that stuff, and then boom,
2: yeah.
1: it stopped. I crashed for the first time in my entire life. Wow. So you see, I'm an open book. Mm-hmm. Because I believe people need to know, all of us ain't perfect. We mm-hmm. all ain't got it going on. Ain't got it going Look, like, get away. Ain't got, you ain't <laughs> got it going on. I anyway. gonna win. all got it No. So seriously... And so I've been in this weird, now I'm also, here's the other thing, for a year, I didn't write one thing of mine.
3: Mm. That's real.
1: Outside of giving people notes, Mm. helping them fix theirs, and I'm like a page by page type of note dude, I'm like, ooh, right here, what if you, you know what I mean? And I'll spend three hours giving you notes, you know what I mean, which my husband hates. Anyway, (laughs) um... So that, that's kind of where I was at, where I'm just sitting there. And then my reps are like, oh, Hilliard, um, why don't you come up with something completely new? Well, I had all these projects that were sitting there when I started working with Ben that I was all excited about, that I already wrote all these pitches for, that I was ready to go back out with. And they were like, eh, let's start all over again. I'm like, what? Now, here's the other problem. We're talking about sensibilities and passions and things that we know that makes us right. If you ask me a story, if you tell me a story, I will always go, ooh, if you put that in like 1950, I always go to the past. Always. I don't know what it is. I'm an old soul. I'm that too. Okay. Here's the other problem. Like like the the story you just told, I love it. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. The story you said, great. I love how you guys think. I don't think today i hardly ever picture anything that takes place today Mm -hmm. i always go back to the past i figured out what it was when i was talking to my reps i literally they were like well why don't you that i was like you know what the problem is when i it's not that i can't write something today i just i don't Mm -hmm. and i said i know what the problem is here's what the problem is i like the fact that I put my characters against the wall. They can't pick up the phone to call the cops. Yeah. Pre-tech, yeah, pre-social, I mean?
2: yeah. It's
1: all mm-hmm. like you have to do. You have to be mm-hmm. active in order to survive in my world. Mm-hmm. You can't just pick up the phone, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like like the story you just told a moment ago, yeah, I could write that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that way, Yeah. naturally. I could, like you said, I'm probably better off jumping on something like his and working in a room like that mm-hmm. and, and, and creating characters and stuff, mm-hmm. but I would be like the structure guy. I would be, you know, I would be mm-hmm. coming at it from the point of view of, you know, um, I forgot what the character's words you said, it, forgive me, mm-hmm. but... um I would be finding different things to where my superpowers are in a room like that, as opposed to being being the story is now. Like I would be like, oh, who's the old guy in this thing? You Mm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I would be like, who's the little boy who's dealing with whatever? You know, something that I could relate to. Like I'd be trying to find something like that. Like all of a sudden, they're in this bar and this little kid comes in. Turns out he has powers too, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It would be some little thing that I would add mm-hmm. to it. To
2: give a nuance, to give a, a different perspective. Yeah, you know what I mean? Turn its head it it would
1: be bit. some reason yeah. why that yeah. I would connect to it in that type of a way. I, I'm, I, and I'm, I'm kind of a moments person. Remember I was telling you, one of you guys was pitching something, and I said, oh, that's a trailer moment, it was you. Yes, that's yes, a trailer yes, moment.
2: The pitching up the inner child.
1: I see yes. trailer moments in my head. Like somebody just tells me a story and I'm like, oh and if we did this mm-hmm. that's the moment Right. so I'm a moments right. person so when I'm in a room I'm constantly I'm that guy when you see something I'm on, on the wall I saw that thing <laughs> you know what I mean I'm like I always see the moment that the actor wants to play mm-hmm. absolutely you know what I mean mm-hmm. so anyway
2: wait so tell us more about this moment that you crashed you so stopped, you stopped there
1: well I'm still in it yeah mm. yeah I still haven't written yeah like um that's I okay. have this I have this feature film that I'm supposed to be writing, um, and I can't even get into it. On spec. Yeah. Usually, I would have wrote that thing in a week or two. <laughs> I know what that feels like. You know what I mean? You I want, can't yeah. even get. It. So you what I'm doing? Deadline, so what I'm doing? No. So. Yeah. So what I'm doing is this. But I give myself, the reason why I can write so fast is I give myself deadlines. I'm like, okay, you got to write this outline in a week. Okay, you got to write this in two weeks, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I pretend like I got to turn it in Spielberg or whatever it is, mm-hmm. because that forces me. discipline. And you know writing TV, mm-hmm. sometimes you're like, you're writing episode 106, and they're like, hey, we got to move you to 104, and Ooh, we need it tomorrow. Yep. They do shit like that. They and do. I don't want to be the guy going, I can't write in a whole day. Yep, no, bitch, yeah, I can write promise. it in a day. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Believe me. And it's going to be pretty good, you know, because I understand how to do it. Because every script I teach myself how to do that. I challenge myself every time. Mm -hmm. But you have Mm -hmm. to be free Mm -hmm. and inspired to do that. Mm -hmm. And there's something about the dread of the strike that's just, and we don't know where we're going. No, this is where I was going. The reason reason why I posed this question to you guys. And I'm so happy to hear that you're back behind the camera again. Mm-hmm. And you're going behind the camera. Thanks. <clears throat> because I've been saying since the strike started that writers, if if we allow AI to do what it's going to do, in my opinion, we're going to be versions of editors. Oh, yeah. We're going to be guys and girls who they call in and they go, hey, we have the script. We need you to come and make it human. Yeah. We need you to come and give it some nuance, some black, you know, that black really stuff you guys do. Make it a little gay. It. You know, it's too gay yeah. right now. Can you add a little human whatever to it? Uh, We're going to give you $20,000 for that. To like, con- to that's what's going to happen. Headings, yeah, We're not going to get no real credit. There probably won't be a ton of residuals, like shit like that. So yeah. I'm going, okay, maybe I need to go back to the indie world. Might need to go back to doing what I did, but maybe I just need to turn it up. You know, and try to do shit on a bigger scale and really try to hit Sundance and Oh yeah, and, you know, the shit like that. And so that's like where my mind starts to go is I don't want to be waiting for Hollywood. Right. I want to be ahead of Hollywood. You know what I mean? I want to be doing what I need to do for myself yeah. that I enjoy. I love running a set. I'm fucking good at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I love helping a writer get their script to a place and taking it to the screen and next thing you know we're at festivals. You know what I mean? There's something about that. Mm-hmm. You know? And um there's not a lot of money in it. But I could do my little jobs on the side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. hey, y'all know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I got my bitches out there getting my money. knit. come no, on! <laughs> and even if you're not getting <laughs> it, get do back. Back you? You <laughs> better get it.
2: You better get it in the back. back daddy. It's so you know, bring it
1: back hope. to daddy. Come <laughs> on!
2: Um, no, you're so right, and I, and I think there's there should be no shame. There is fear always, um, or fear about any type of new projects, and, and I think we have to push ourselves as artists because yeah. we're not doing it for the money. Right. You we're know? not. The money is what's going to keep us, The money is what's going to keep us doing it. Yeah but we're not doing it for the money um, we're doing it because we have something to say something uh, you know a, a message to pass on yeah. a story to tell um, so I'm excited for more pivots I'm excited to try new things yeah. and I, you're think gonna we're, keep pivoting too yeah I think that is that is Hollywood yeah. I, I think there is a a, um, a trap of thinking Hollywood is this like sentient entity that like, mm. lets you in you know and yeah. actually Hollywood is people just like us sitting around a table deciding what we want to do yeah um So I think there's a trap of, of of a mindset that a lot of early career writers fall into thinking right. that they have to break in. No, actually, you need to break out. Mm-hmm. Wow, I came up with that on the spot. I'm kind yeah. of fly. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's
3: anyway, great. I don't know if that was profound. You have not, to. But it, I think was, it, was. it hit
2: me. It was
4: profound. Pretty fine. That's great, Riz. I think it's so good to always just think of this as an adventure because it'll keep you flexible. Yeah. It'll keep you doing things. And what helps me? What's really the only silver lining that I've come up with for this writer's strike mm-hmm. happening is. I'm the type of person where if I feel a manager or an agent looming like, oh, Charlie, I need those pages. Mm-hmm. I need to get to a point, my growth challenge is getting to a point where that doesn't make me feel like, oh, if I'm on a show and it's not mine, mm-hmm. it's different because it's not mine. And it's but like, you're being paid. There's, and I'm something, also, about being there's paid, right? something about being paid. There's something about being paid, but if it's just on spec and I have time,
1: I'm like, fuck, you know? But, but that's why I'm telling you that you have to turn your mind around and pretend.
3: Yeah, like, you do. Well,
1: at least that's what I do, I apologize. And that works, no, yeah. no, 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 please, you're fine. I.
4: What helps me is putting myself back in the mindset when I was 10 and 11, mm. doing it for myself. For you, doing it for you. That makes it a lot
2: easier mm-hmm. for me to fly on
4: through. on their innocence. Yeah.
2: I, I, I oftentimes even when I don't feel ready to write a specs like if I'm, I've been incubating it in my brain for months and I'm like oh, it's still not there I still haven't found that right hook I still haven't found that right reason to mm-hmm. write this now sometimes I write a bad version of the script mm-hmm. um, and then I trash 95% of it but I have like three lines of golden dialogue mm-hmm. same That I'm like oh I'm it. so glad I wrote that bad script because yeah. I found three lines of mm-hmm. outstanding dialogue that mm-hmm. will be in my good version right. so I do that a lot and I,
1: I trash a lot
2: yeah which is no, i don't I'll want to see. say it's a waste of time but it's a process and like, if it's on spec i have the time to do that
1: yeah like i'm supposed to be figuring out a new pilot right now and all i keep coming up is feature film ideas and i've come up with five of them three of them take place in the past naturally Where I go, it's just where i go i can't help it I I need to get on that level. Like if somebody has a biopic, I'm like, oh, can I do that one? (laughs) Like I'm always, I'm always going there. It's so funny. And speaking of like only having
4: three lines of something that are gold, I've been through so many drafts of this uh, horror film that I told you about, but the one scene that's always stuck in every draft is the scene of the father, the son, the sister and the mother listening to Jackson 5 records mm. and each one of them has a different opinion of how Joe Jackson either sculpted or broke <laughs> I'm those out. kids I'm out of here. and the subtext is zayden being like no I think Joe is a monster would he put those kids through and right. his dad is like oh my god no he made them what they are mm. look at how successful t- even Janet look at that you know so mm. that scene has always stuck you know, so I think that even when you go through drafts of something, I agree with you. You can find the gold in a scene or an exchange. Something. There's always something. I
1: wrote 12 years ago, maybe even more than that, I wrote the story of Sylvester, the singer. You guys know Sylvester? Mm-hmm. No. They're oh doing God, like this DJs. immersive
2: um, yeah, thing up that. in San Francisco. You saw that? Okay, mm-hmm. cool, cool, cool.
1: So Sylvester was the first male diva of disco.
2: Oh,
3: the that's Sylvester. <clears throat> yes. That's,
1: okay. Yes. And so you know what I'm talking about. Yes, now, now okay, I know. good. And so I wrote the script on him. Then I probably got three jobs from that script.
4: Wow. And it's
1: been optioned and probably six times from t- just Makes literally sense. up until the strike, like mm-hmm. literally, right? Maybe a month or two before. And so I keep getting really, really close with this, with some big actors attached, mm-hmm. and the whole thing, and. Um, It's one of those things that I hope will get done one day, but even that script, just thinking about what you were saying, there are literally scenes in there that I wrote 20 years ago. Right. Just a scene because I I didn't want to lose that moment that you had. Like it was gold. It's still in that script even Mm. though I rewrote it probably 15 times. There's still, I actually have two different versions of that script. Mm. I have one version of the script where there's kind of like a Young, like newspaper guy from Rolling Stone, who interviews Martha Wash from the Two Tons of Fun,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: she tells him the story because he's this little homophobic kid. Okay, that without people like him, there wouldn't be a job like that type of mm. thing. And he learns a lesson that he actually has similarity to somebody like Sylvester. But it was too focused on him,
4: right? And so
1: I had to change the story back around. Now it's from his deathbed as he tells the story to one of the backup singers and how he became who Two he was. Two very different films. Two totally different films. And so, um, but I needed to do that one to get it out of me so that I was yeah. able to go even deeper and find his voice. You know what I mean? Because that, that, was, that was the key. And like that was, I interviewed um, one of his backup singers and she told me a story about Sylvester. And when I, it was similar to the moment I told you guys about the, um, um, the the documentary I saw about the heroin on one, on one side, mm-hmm, one corner, mm-hmm. and the Holy Ghost on the other, <clears throat> it was a similar type of thing, and I was like, "That's it, right. ah, I know, I know what he wants. I see what it is. He wants nobody to upstage him."
4: Oh, interesting. And so
1: I was like, "Who? Somebody very early on needs to tell him this." So his grandmother Juju was this woman, she was like a, like a jazz singer. People mm-hmm. don't know this about her. And she never quite made it big, but she sang for a lot of people, so she knows a lot of the people in the in crowd. Hmm. When he be- became too gay for his mom and them in the church, they pushed him out and he had to move with his, grandma, uh, with his grandma Juju. And she hung around all kind of people. I was like, what if she hung around like somebody who was a trans woman at the time? And she gives him the key and he's just and she's over at the house and he's just watching her and she's talking he's seeing the jewelry and the bracelets and everything on her and he's just fantasizing about her and Juju and the woman look at each other and she looks at him like he's definitely one of us yeah And and before she leaves she takes off the bracelet she hands it to Sylvester and he looks at it like oh my god like what is this and she says to him don't ever let anybody upstage you and that becomes his mantra I love that. throughout the whole thing, and we see where he got it from. You know what I mean? So it's like little things. See, it's a it's a movie. It's a trailer moment. Yeah. You know, uh, what I mean? you're yeah. such a yeah. storyteller, yeah. Yeah, and I can
4: tell fair. you're a director too, oh, yeah. because the way that you just describe that, mm-hmm. I imagined like just this little boy and having like little inserts of just the wrist and their tink Like you hear like the tinkle of like the oh, yeah. bracelets like mm-hmm. falling. Maybe like there's some incandescent light on them as Mm -hmm. she's like going about and her wrist is a little sissy it just it's Mm -hmm. so fun Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. so good you also
2: write not just about underdogs but i can tell with a few of the things you've talked about and why you probably like history and period pieces is you like to ask how did we get here Mm. so i feel like you like origin stories too Uh,
1: oh completely i never never quite yeah there's a
2: pattern in a lot of the stuff yeah for sure with us
1: and like we wrote me and my producing partner wrote the story of. Uh, did you guys see that? Um, the harder they fall. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so there's a character named Cathay Williams in the movie. She's the one who looks like a boy and then she becomes yes. a woman. Yes. Mm. So in real life, she's known as being the first documented woman who escaped slavery in order to fight with the Buffalo Soldiers, right? And and dressed like a man yeah. and everything and the thing. So, but what what really happened when you really do a lot of your research? So the folklore is she's like that character in the movie. Hmm. In real life, she be, she got hurt and injured early. She was very sickly. She walked with like kind of like a stump or something. And in real life. In real life. Okay. <clears throat> and um um, and she became a seamstress in the military. So when hmm. she left, she moved to Trinidad, Colorado, and became like this seamstress for like society women. It became wealthy. But, of course, she died and nobody even knows how she died, Hmm. right? So there's all these little, if you read about it, there's all these big gaps on what happened. So I like filling in the gaps. You like filling in the gaps.
2: That's a superpower of yours?
1: I like filling in the gaps. So there's something about, you know what I mean, getting to well, she got here from here. How did she get there? Well, she would have done these things to get there.
4: Also, the power in going back into the past is that you get to reclaim the experiences and to find the moments of strength.
1: Where mm. people
4: in history would have just dismissed us, right, right. "Oh, black people aren't relevant until we <laughs> got to vote, or right. until we got Obama going right. back into those stories and not just finding the pain, but the joy right. I think is also very validating. I love but, but
1: even in rebuilding. that even in, yes. even in that story, we were having some issues with the trauma of it all because she was a slave who became this woman God. so, Interesting. so, you His know, so she, huh who who? The nice trauma. House. The trauma. Okay. Cool. The trauma of it all, where where she was a slave and she became this one. Mm-hmm. So there is some like she had an abusive father. It's she like had we, an abusive husband. It. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff like that. So people were like, oh my god, and we got to that part, and you know he hit her and this and this, and I was like, but she overcame that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you see, she needed to go through that to become the person mm-hmm. she came. Like so, I have such an issue. I get. There are triggers for people. Mm-hmm. I was molested when I was a kid. I don't have a problem watching somebody being raped that, because I understand that was what the character needed to go through to do whatever. Yeah. But that's mine. Mm-hmm. I understand everybody doesn't have that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, so, so that's something I'm working on. Like I told you guys the other day about how I'm trying to work on not saying I'm gay, but I'm not that gay. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, like that's. I realize yeah. it just. Fucking recently, yeah. like, oh my god, like that is so fucking offensive. Yeah. <laughs> you mm. know, it, what also mean? it also
2: doesn't mean anything.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I, I think I, I just love, mean I I'm that not that feminine, that. but that's like a homophobic shit exactly. to say. Yeah, exactly. you yeah. Know what I mean? but I Which are all ingrained in feelings, is, exactly. specifically
2: being black, and exactly. then we we almost got into this on Wednesday. We're not going to get into it today, that's okay. um, but just um, the presentation of black men and black queer men, yeah. and like the hyper masculinity right. that uh, we if you grew up in the hood or if you grew I grew up on a military base right, me too. like okay I did it first um, and then we moved to the hood in yeah. for hamilton
1: brooklyn Maybe wait because you said you were Brooklyn. We, we, we weren't far from Coney Island, wherever. That yeah, is. if you grew up before uh, Hamilton, yeah. that's where yeah. I grew up. Yeah, I went to PS one ninety five, PS
2: Crown Yeah, we all were on the same area. Anyway, from the point of story is there is such a hyper masculinity, homophobic energy um, that is wrapped in the in, in the intersectionality sure. of blackness and queerness and yes. maleness um, that you you're we're always going to be unpacking. Yeah, we are I'm always going to be unpacking. Sure. I think yeah. that if we're going to take it
4: even further back. I think it goes back to buck breaking. Have you heard of buck breaking?
3: What's
4: that? All right. So, buck breaking is what white slave owners would do to black oh, slaves yeah, 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 yeah. who ran away. Yeah. They would, and just for the listeners, they would push the slave against a tree, they would flog them, mm-hmm. and then in front of the wife and the kids, they would fuck the male slave in the ass mm-hmm. just to take away the integrity that they had in the familial unit. So, mm-hmm. I think that that trauma mm-hmm. is still in That's our dna mm-hmm. that you know intergenerational trauma is what drives a lot of the homophobia because i think mm-hmm. that Mm-mm-mm. discussions around masculinity are so interesting to me because if you're a man nobody can take that away from you but why are we fighting so hard to hold on to how we're perceived if
1: you're a man you're a man but because then, it's all about respect especially yes. men and like, I thought about this a lot. And yeah. we'll we we'll, we'll, Tar- we'll, we'll, I am mad. We'll, we'll, we'll end on this, yeah. but I thought about this a lot in the context of, in the hood in particular, and everywhere, but let's just use the hood as an example. I think, and the church,
3: mm-hmm.
1: right? Don't mm-hmm. Let me get on church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, a, that's part two. Okay, look. But trip this. <laughs> if you live in the hood, for example, a lot of, let's just admit, a lot of us go to jail.
3: Mm, mm -hmm. right
1: and we bring the prison into the streets which is the whole don't Don't snitch
4: right don't
1: snitch came from jail Mm -hmm. right and it got brought to the streets so that it keep anybody from going to jail right now the people who are in jail have this thing about their masculinity everybody's an alpha male in there everybody's the toughest guy in the world so the worst thing in the world is somebody who's effeminate and who's whatever so then they take that to the streets yeah. And so it's the worst thing to be and then they take it to the church mm-hmm. and then it's spinned off on us there. Yeah. You know what I and mean? Homophobia okay. just I've thought about this a lot. Out. I'm not saying that's the reason or anything, no. Yeah. But no, no there's no. a lot of so similarities There's a lot that. of, you know, Oof. intertwining if you will. Go ahead. Yeah.
4: No, I'm just thinking. I'm unpacking that's the really great. The gift of, of looking at things
2: from a I mean as as writers. I consider us gods of universes. Mm-hmm. So we are, we are we are creating worlds, right. right? And that gives you the gift to look at things from the highest perspective and say, oh, wait, how did they get here? Your, right. your superpower, your period pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and and look at it from a bird's eye view and say, this is how this trickled out into the community. And right. that is nuance. Right. Right? Absolutely. That is what we put into our writing. So uh, yeah, that's so much. There's so many insane amount of layers to that. You could write a thesis about that. Um, There's probably good. a few different theses about that. <laughs> so good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what we're doing. We're looking at things from an empathetic, uh, overseer perspective to wow. understand and make sense of the universe. Charlie was saying, I wake up every morning and I make sense of the world through writing.
4: Absolutely. Um, because when goal. you're a writer, your humanity is your instrument. Right. So we're always, things aren't happening to us, they're happening through us. And we're using that. Mm yes through us through us, <laughs> through us.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yeah hilli over here taking selfies with the gram
1: selfies. No, let's wrap uh, this baby well, up y'all. this was good i appreciate it thank y'all for course. coming through
2: i appreciate this thank you, you. wow where yeah. could
1: people follow you and where could people donate to your
2: um um i'm everywhere facebook instagram twitter at tristan tristan tan like my skin j shuler no c Tristan J. Schuler on Instagram. And I got my link trees, my dot cards all on there. If you want to donate to Bridal Party, which is the name of my half hour um, rom com workplace comedy that I'm working on um, about bridal consultants falling in and out of love of all forms, please come through, throw some Dallas my way, and I don't know, DM me for my OnlyFans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shirt
2: all off at the beach. But I'll be it. around. I'll be around. <laughs> you ain't seen the last of me. That's for sure. <laughs> that's do it. Do it.
1: What about you,
4: Charlie? All right. So I'm on Instagram, charlie. Peppers, you can follow me there. Deep thoughts, action figures, the occasional thirst trap, because I am versatile. Also oh, on
1: it's just, the, the fact you have to say that today, you kids. Today. Yeah, <laughs> everybody should just be fucking <laughs> versatile. goddammit. Absolutely,
4: absolutely. Uh, and on Twitter, I'm Charlie Peppers three. Please follow me there for my thoughts on television and film. Who
2: was one and two?
4: One and two. Oh, those we don't are talk about them. Uh, those bitches that I forgot the passwords of. Oh. <laughs> so uh, there's one, forgot the password, two, forgot the password, three. Oh, we got time to A.
1: We remember the password.
4: Uh, so that's right <laughs> Peppers <K5 versus>
1: 3. <laughs> that's hilarious. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter. I say Twitter like I'm cool. <laughs> at Hilliard Guest, everywhere else Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, everything, at Hilliard Guest. <clears throat> please give us a, um, please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you guys listen to, Anchor. We're all over the world. Please give us a five star review. We need that for the metrics. Mm-hmm. Um, please follow these two young men here uh, uh, queer, doing their thing big time. Black. Black. Blackity, black, black. Black, 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 black. Powerful, <laughs> apparently versatile. <laughs> 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 I know I am I am being with somebody I'm just the top, I'm just the top. it's like, top. like no 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 we need variety okay. y'all yeah. doing extra um, you spent too much time not kissing folks that's the problem Let's see okay now not you them just motherfuckers I know. I know I cannot have sex with wing kissing that ain't gonna happen I know okay. anyway uh, I said it bitches uh, y'all sleeping Um going <laughs> <please don't... laughs> Please go on screenwritersrr.com. We got t-shirts on there. We have a Patreon page. Please donate to that. We appreciate all the support. Um, All of you guys who donate on that all over the world. We thank you guys. Um, Please go on. uh, Let me see. What else? What else? What else? So much shit going on. This is probably going to drop in a couple weeks. Um. yeah shout out to Chris he'll be out he'll be back soon he's on he went to Palm Springs like, what you doing good for him that, is, that ain't a place for straight folks what <laughs> you doing out there <laughs> switch places <laughs> exactly Exactly. anyway everybody joining me for 2023 okay. mm-hmm. thank you again appreciate you guys coming through absolutely Do you guys know how we're doing on the rant room on the show we keep it real we keep it opinionated we keep it what everybody 2023. 2023
0: peace y'all I'ma say what I feel You want to be a rider? Well, you got to be a rider till your fears are diminished and the doubts are behind you. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the red room. We let that shit up off our chest. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more no game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your are pinning words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel. Say what you want. Welcome to the rent room.